With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy little duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by Lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yes, living the dream once again here on a fabulous college football Saturday. It is Fox Football Saturday. Harbin and Schwartz with you here in our Fox Sports Radio studios. And indeed, we are coming down the stretch on this college football season. This week, next week, conference championship game week. And that'll be it before we get to the playoffs, the bowl games, and everything else. Jeff, I know it's a bit of nervous time for you right now. Your Oregon Ducks in control of their own destiny to make the college football playoff, which, by the way, would be a first for them since... 2014. 2014, yeah. when Marcus Mariota, the Heisman Trophy winner, led you to the uh, the actual championship game yep. before losing to Ohio State the very first year of the college football playoff. On the road against Utah today, the Utes looking to spoil the party. We spoke before the show, and I anticipated you'd be on pins and needles, but uh, you feel a, a quiet confidence going into this game even though the game is at Utah and Utah has yet to lose a home game this season. Well, Utah hasn't lost a conference home game since uh, since uh, early 2018. So uh, it's a hard place to play. We've also, but Oregon has won at Ohio State. We played one of our better games at UCLA, went to Washington and won that game as well. Um, I'm fine playing on the road. It's a tough place to play. But here's the deal, man. Um, I said this before the UCLA game, I believe. I said this before. Well, we got we came on after the Ohio State game, so I couldn't have said that then. But I said at le- leading into that week and leading into that game that Oregon plays their best when people tell them they can't do it. And they play their best in big games. Entering today, 
Mario Cristobal, the head coach, in games that are the spreads between minus three and plus three, which it is right now, he's six and one against the spread, six and one outright. The one loss was a CJ Verdell fumble in 2018 against Stanford, as we're trying to close that game out. We, we would have won and covered that game. And we just play better in these moments. And we have a team that is built in the trenches. And people keep talking about Utah's run game. All right, I, I get it. Great. Uh, but Oregon held Ohio State to the second least rushing yards they had all season. Held UCLA to the least amount of rushing yards all season. Only twice this season they have allowed uh, yards per K over four yards. Like Oregon's also good, guys. And I know Ohio State played really well today. They deserve a ton of credit for that. They kicked the Michigan State's butt. Like it was 59 7, it was 49 nothing at halftime. And it was, they had 500 yards at halftime. They deserve all the credit for that win. But we act like Oregon hasn't gotten better and Oregon hasn't improved in the last couple of months, and they, and they have as well. So I think Oregon wins this game tonight. Obviously, it comes down to what our quarterback does and doesn't do. If he has a, a stinker of a game, we're not going to win. But we're better in the trenches, man, and, and we, we have the players to make this a really tough day on Utah. All right, uh, we're going to have Jenny Taft coming up a little bit later in this hour. She, of course, host of Undisputed, the Fox College football sideline reporter. She was at the Oklahoma-Iowa State game. Oklahoma hung on to win that game by a score of 28-21 to to improve to 10-1 and on the season, still controlling their outcome in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, we have a lot of games going on right now with major implications, and there's two games going on that sort of go side-by-side. Uh, we talk about Cincinnati sitting number five right now in that college football playoff rankings. They're up 14-0 against an 8-2 SMU team. Big battle there in the AAC. So right now the Bearcats are taking care of business. 5.30 to go in the first quarter there. Meanwhile, a game that's connected to Cincinnati, Notre Dame is absolutely annihilating Georgia Tech. 38 to nothing, still four and a half minutes to go in the first half. And why that matters is, is that Notre Dame is number eight currently in the college football playoff rankings. They're nine and one, obviously about to go 10 and one. And their only loss this year was at home against Cincinnati, a game that the Bearcats really controlled throughout. So this whole dynamic of how this college football playoff is going to, you know, and again, it's simple. Georgia controls their own destiny. Ohio State controls their own destiny. Oregon controls their own destiny. Yes. Alabama, they control their own destiny if they win out and win the SEC championship but you still have that lingering question mark. If it comes down to an Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game, which it appears, if it hasn't already been decided, will be decided shortly, and Alabama loses a competitive game late, let's say they lose a three-point game or less than a touchdown where it comes down to late in that fourth quarter and Georgia walks away undefeated, will this college football playoff committee rank a two-loss Alabama team over an undefeated Cincinnati team. That is the only really remaining question. Now, obviously, if Oregon loses to Utah, that changes everything. But assuming that Oregon and Ohio State win out, then that's the only lingering question. Would they rank a two-loss Alabama team in the college football playoff rankings ahead of an undefeated Cincinnati team? I don't think they would, even though they would definitely want to. They would 
totally want to do that, but I don't think they can. I mean, you look, you just can't. Again, it's I know there's. Well, they can. You know, they can. They can, but I don't think they will. I think they will, especially if Cincinnati blows out, uh, ends up blowing out uh, SMU today. Um, I, that look, you, you you just can't. At some point, you you have to let in a group of five school. Even though, again, they're, they're not. The second best team, third, fourth best team in the country is Cincinnati. But they've won all their games. Like, you have to give them some credit for that. Well, I mean, again, they won at Notre Dame. And that wasn't a fluke win. That was a game Correct. in which they dominated. They were the better football team that day. And now Notre Dame hasn't lost a game since. All right, so that's one thing going on. I got to mention right now, because I've got all the TVs in front of me watching all the games. And one of them's on a game of unranked teams. That would be USC and UCLA. To... Overstate the importance of this game in my life would be impossible because my father went to USC. My mother went to UCLA. The first USC-UCLA game that I remember watching was when O.J. Simpson ran for 64 yards and a touchdown to beat UCLA 21-20. Gary Beeman, the UCLA quarterback, had a phenomenal game, ended up winning the Heisman. If you're like looking it up, like when was that? That would be 1967. I was nine years old, and I have seen every USC-UCLA game since. I've attended almost 30 of these games in person over the years. And, Jeff, obviously you have some UCLA roots of your own. I've always said this. I, I There are 365 days in a year. 364 days, my body chemistry is one way. And then there's the day of the USC-UCLA football game. It's just a different day. And so I'll be watching this game that just kicked off right now. The game matters nothing in terms of any post-game situations, although USC needs to win a couple of games to be bowl eligible. UCLA is bowl eligible. Neither one will be ticketed for the Pac-12 championship game. But here's what bothers me. This is a rivalry game. And when we talk about great rivalries, whether it's Alabama-Auburn or Michigan-Ohio State or any of the rivalry games, Oregon-Oregon State, Washington-Washington State, these games should always be the last game on your schedule. And yet UCLA next week will be playing Cal. And USC next week will be playing BYU. That is so offensive to me because for years, it was always UCLA's last game on the schedule, and it was USC's last game on the schedule every other year unless they were hosting Notre Dame, which is their other big rival. But a rivalry game, to me, Jeff, should be the last game. And for UCLA, I have to play Cal next week or USC playing BYU. And then after that, USC's got a makeup game against Cal that was postponed because of a COVID outbreak. Is outrageous to me, but I want I want to get your thoughts because yeah, you, know, you were raised in a Bruin family. Uh, I was. What? Uh, how have you been to the USC? I would imagine you went to quite a few of these games over the years. But uh, uh, yeah. what about this rivalry? And from a UCLA hardcore UCLA perspective, with your parents, how did this game rate for you as a kid growing up? Uh, yeah, I went to this game uh, every. I mean, I, I never went to Coliseum for this game, but I went to every UCLA home game from the time I was five to 18 years old. Um, I was at the you know, the double overtime, uh, Skip Hicks, 25-yard touchdown run. Which I was the announcer game. for UCLA that yeah, day. Yeah, we talked yep. about that. Yep. Um, so I was I was at that long stretch, the J.J. Stokes game in 92. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I was at, at a lot of these games, and I, I like you, 
felt this way before this big game. I, f- I feel this way when Oregon plays Washington. I mean, that's like, you know, that kind of yep. like you just have to, no matter how your season's going, as long as you beat the other opponent. And right now, UCLA is bowl eligible. Now they're six and four. USC's had a down season. They're not having a good year. They've actually, they've stunk in the Coliseum this year. They Terrible. lost to Stanford, Utah, Oregon State. They barely beat Arizona. Their best player is not playing. They're starting a freshman for the first time today. I mean, they would love nothing more than a shutdown and shut up UCLA. And, you know, that might get – if Chip loses this game, probably getting fired, seven-win season, probably not going to He should get enough. fired if they um, lose this game. So, you know, there's still a lot to play for in these right now. In the end, though, you can only play through emotions for so long, right? Like, if, like, in, and they're having a great opening drive right now, but they're really bad in the red zone. So we'll see if they're able to, you know, drop pass, right? Drop pass. Yeah. So like, the USC is just not good, but the rivalry is still so strong, and it always is going to be strong. Any rivalry you're in, but once the emotion of that rivalry wears off, then it becomes who's better, and UCLA is just far better this season. And I picked UCLA to cover this game. I think they win this game by 10, 17 points as USC, again, just they made too many mistakes. They're, you know, they're, they're showing on the screen now. Their touchdown percentage is 78th in the country in the red zone. They get a ton of trips in the red zone. They just don't score touchdowns because their offense just doesn't generate enough rushing attack. Here comes the Bruins are, are pressuring Jackson Dart. I mean, like, this is what another drop pass, like two straight drop pass for USC. Yeah. This is what USC is well, now. Well, when you're without arguably the best wide <laughs> yeah. receiver in the country and Drake, who obviously went down with a season-ending injury, really puts a hinder. But I'll be, I'll be obviously watching this game along with the games that actually do matter, but Something about rivalry games, it really is what makes college football extra special. I know there are rivalries in the NFL, but they don't have the intensity or the history of, oh, I don't know, Harvard-Yale, which is today. I mean, these are rivalries that make college football something extra special. And for me personally, growing up here in Southern California with a USC, I was raised a Trojan, became a Bruin, went to UCLA. But this game has been a constant in my life for, uh, well, over 50 years. So it's uh, it's quite a day. Quite a day, indeed. We're going to have lots of college football to get to. On the other side, uh, we're going to check in with Jenny Taft. She was at this game in Norman today. Oklahoma hanging on to beat Iowa State. What's next for the Sooners? We'll talk to Jenny Taft coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this is the Fox Football Saturday here. Hartman and Schwartz with you. We're going to be joined shortly by Jenny Taft. She was on the sidelines for the Oklahoma victory over Iowa State. Meanwhile, I watched uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the UCLA quarterback's first pass of the game through a bad interception. Gross. Uh, not good, not good, although USC is uh, trying to uh, uh, take advantage of that. we got all these games going on right now on the college football scene. we also got plenty of NFL news we're going to get to over the course of the next few hours. Uh, but to stay in with the college football right now, uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, unless uh, Jenny will join us at that point, we're going to get my Heisman update and when you look at what happened, and we got a UCLA interception on the other side, this one is back and forth uh, between USC and UCLA. Um, unfortunately for Kenneth Walker today, <laughs> oh boy, um, that was not what you wanted. You know, and, and I feel bad because I'm one of those Heisman voters that would love to stray away from the quarterbacks, right? Whether it's a defensive player, I've talked about that San Diego State punter, Matt Ariza. Uh, By the way, San Diego State won last night. Uh, Yeah, all these punts inside the 20-yard line. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said uh, for the impact of a punter on a team. They're sitting at 10-1 right now. But it gets back to these quarterbacks, and it's just the nature of the game that we have today. Now, last year, Devontae Smith really stood out. I mean, Mac Jones easily could have won the Heisman last year for uh, Alabama, but Devontae Smith put up historic numbers as his wide receiver. Do we ever see this changing, Jeff? I mean, the landscape of football leaning so heavily on the skills of these quarterbacks can you ever see – because we've seen the evolution of this sport many times over, over many, many years. Do you see it ever getting back to 
away from the quarterback, away from the passing game, more emphasis on the run. Can you ever see those days returning? Well, this year it is, right? I mean, we have a Georgia team that's going to win the championship most likely because of their defense, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We have teams this year that rely a lot on the running game because their passing attack, and look, of course, there's some outliers in in what Ohio State's doing and what Alabama's doing, but for the most part, a lot of teams this year, your favorite, your team, the, the Bruins, right? Quarterback plays atrocious. Oregon cannot pass the football. If we have to rely on a game where Anthony Brown throw, throws the ball 25 times, we're losing that game. Um, you know, th- th- there is an emphasis back on, there's always an emphasis on being physical in the trenches, but running the football and defense, that's what Georgia's doing this year. Now, was this going to last? I don't know. I think it might just be a one-year thing. You know, Georgia reminds me a lot of those 2010 Alabama teams, right? The the the, the Terrence Cody defense-led teams, right? And, and not so much led with their offense. So, um, I don't know if we go in the other direction, but I will say a couple trends that we're seeing a little bit is, you know, teams are going back to some more tight ends now, right? Because they realize that as they've spread things out a little bit, defense have gone smaller to have to run around and, and you know, guard all the small, quick guys. So, you know what? Let's bring some tight ends back in the offense now. Let's run the ball a little bit more. Tight. Let's find some matchups in the pass game. We've got these big tight ends against these smaller secondary players. So, there is a, a, a trend back to that a little bit, right? We're seeing the best offensive minds in the NFL and college football kind of add some more tight ends. Back to back to the offense. So we're seeing, but I don't think this is ever going to change as far as as needing an elite quarterback to win. I mean, it's hard with how sophisticated the game can be at times to have a quarterback that's so game plan specific. Again, when I say game plan uh, specific, I mean like you know. 90% of the game is, is you know, run the football, play action pass, screen, script it up, you know, first down where you take, you know, you, you take one hit, you throw the ball. It's the third and eights, the third and sevens. It's those type of plays where it sets apart quarterbacks. And not a lot of quarterbacks are good in those spots, but the ones that are really make your team better. And that's what elevates you from being good to great or or great to elite. And that'll never change. The way our game is played now, that that needing that little extra bit and those down a distance will never change. Yeah, it's uh, watching uh, any of these college football games and you get throwbacks, obviously, with the military academies that run the oh, ball yeah. completely. That's all they do, Army, Navy, and the Air Force Academy. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. I, it's not about nostalgia to me. It's more curiosity. Just the idea that we, we always see a new wrinkle, like because you know Norm Chow, dear friend of mine, longtime offense coordinator, BYU, and then of course took it to USC with Pete Carroll, and you know, and and, and talking to Norm, he says, look, it, it's all about you, you set the offense right, and and you come up with a new wrinkle offensively, and then it's just a question of how long is it going to take before the defense <laughs> figures this out. Until they do figure this out, we're going to run this. I mean, you you saw that when you were at Oregon when Chip Kelly, your senior year there's when Chip came in as the offensive coordinator and they instilled the kind of frantic offense that for several years obviously moving forward once Chick Kelly took over for Mike Bellotti as the head coach uh, was seemingly unstoppable because teams didn't know how to counter that attack well eventually they caught up they finally figured it out um, but what was that like for you? I mean, I, I want to go back and always get that firsthand knowledge. When you have this guy sort of bringing in something that was so radically different, and you know you're a part of something new, what was that like? So, 
I remember that our, our first part of training camp that year in, in the summer, it was so surprising how quickly we were moving on offense, right? How quickly we were able to get plays in and out, really no huddle, but in and out of a huddle and how quickly we were able to just make things happen. And I just remember the, the confidence that we played with was second to none. Like I'd never played an offense that was that confident. And we knew that we always had the right play call up and we were going to just, we're going to out hustle you, out work you, out effort you. And it was really impressive to play with that confidence that season. And, you know, we took on, you know, USC team that had everyone drafted mm-hmm. um, in uh, everyone drafted on that defense. And we just wore them out, man. Um, so it, it was it was just the, I, I just remember, again, the, we, we didn't repeat we, we didn't repeat plays in practice because Chip was so confident that we would just move on to the next play. Just, just like again, if you mess a play up, you're not you're not doing it again. So it was that type of confidence that he just instilled in us. And again, we were just were faster and better. And we had obviously Dennis Dixon that year. We good offensive linemen. We just were rolling teams up. It was a ton of fun to play in offense and feel so confident doing so. Yeah, I just remember going back in the days like the University of Houston with Andre Ware and David Klinger, late early, early 90s, when they seemingly had this unstoppable run-and-shoot offense, which basically had been uh, born out of uh, Mouse Davis uh, up at uh, Portland State with Neil Lomax. They had sort of introduced the college football world, but obviously that was a different level. And then I remember Klingler after his huge junior, his senior year, I think he threw, if I'm not mistaken, nine touchdown passes in the first game of the year, and then they won up against the U. And the U completely shut him down. And by the end of the year, that Houston team was 4-7. and seven, And it just ended. Like, whatever yeah. you were doing, they came up with a way to stop it. And so I just, I'm always fascinated. Football, more so than any other sport, seems to have this whole idea of, you know, creating new things, like the new twist, something new. And somebody hits on somebody, something offensively, the teams can't figure out whether it was the hurry up offense, like, how do we get our defensive guys on the field? They're never, they're no huddling. How do you do this? Um, all these different twists and turns. So I don't know what's what's next for college football. We talk about the spread offenses and everything else. Now it's really the the multi-dimensional quarterback, the ability to throw and run and everything else. There's going to be new wrinkles. At some point, there's going to be something new that we say everything's been tried over the years. I mean, I go back to the wishbone back in the late 60s, early 70s that just seemed like unstoppable yeah, with but, that running offense. But, but, we're, but we're seeing some of that in this spread offense. So there is some of that, but just from shotgun now. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, find out what's trending right now. On the other side, we're going to check in with Jenny Taft, who was at that Oklahoma victory against Iowa State. Here is Mr. David Gascon. What do you got, David? Hey, man, I don't know. Uh, a backup quarterback marching 95 yards down the field against San Diego State's defense did not uh, look good last night. It did not look good, but, you know, as I talked to Brady Hoke, the San Diego State football coach, just win, baby. I mean, it's not pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but, but you're, you're they're 10-1. The, yeah, but you're in the Mountain West, so you have to blow people out and UNLV was two and eight yeah so oh no no but two and eight on a two-game winning streak yeah but who cares it's two and eight two and eight on it's a two-game like, winning streak. it's like it's like Iowa beating Illinois today. I knew Big that game deal. I knew that was a trap game they got a Boise State team coming into uh yeah next week Hank Bachmeyer yeah so that's gonna be a big game out there what's happening out there you tell me they're uh they're here at the Coliseum right now USC and UCLA going at it on Fox uh, Trojans leading three to nothing is a score in that ball game. 
Uh, on FS1, 17th ranked Iowa leads Illinois right now by three, or excuse me, by seven, excuse me. Notre Dame, 45 nothing over Georgia Tech. Colorado and Washington are going at it. Alabama right now is going to get a 10-point advantage over Arkansas. And, of course, earlier today, one of the beatdowns. Gets the snap, sets to the 50 to pass. Looking left, guns it deep on the left side. Toward the end zone for Olave. Got it! Another touchdown. 50-yard airmail Stroud to Olave. Yeah, pretty good, man. They had uh, he had six touchdown passes on the day. C.J. Stroud did uh, fifty-six to seven was the final score. Steve, as your favorite uh, tradition, like any other, unlike any other on the weekends, a kicker missed a PAT. Oh, Bear, <laughs> Bearcats right now, Cincinnati leading by a score of twenty to nothing over unranked but eight and two SMU. BYU seven and three over Georgia Southern. Uh, Notre Dame big today right now as well. They're blowing out Georgia Tech forty-five to nothing, guys. They're eighth in the nation nine and one and vying for a spot amongst the top four especially with number seven michigan state getting skunked today on the outside looking in but here they come the fighting irish all right david thank you very much win column sooners game over final score in the home finale today here in norman oklahoma 28 and iowa state 21 that's Toby Rowland from Learfield, and joining us right now, she does so graciously every single week, host of Undisputed, the Fox College Football sideline reporter. She was at that Oklahoma victory today in Norman against Iowa State, Jenny Taft. And Jenny, as always, we appreciate the time. I got a question for you. When's the last time this uh, Oklahoma offense posted less than 100 yards passing <laughs> and still won the game? Boy, that's a great question. That's a really good point. And it's funny you say that because Lincoln was very adamant with us this week that he did not run the football enough last week in that loss to Baylor. So we know that was an emphasis today. And, you know, I think their offense will still leave some question marks after that performance. But I think for for them to – I think it was over 200 yards on the ground, and that, that's big for, for Oklahoma because we wanted to see that. And, you know, we're still going to be wondering about – Caleb Williams a bit right we have to remember he's still a freshman and there were some moments where we weren't so sure he had that huge 74 yard touchdown run early which was obviously a bright spot but at the same time you know you're used to seeing it in the air and Kennedy Brooks definitely got it done on the ground which is good for in terms of the run game but do I think that they were going to be as satisfied from that offensively I think there's still some questions and and the same goes for the defense guys I think at halftime, Lincoln was extremely pleased with the pressure. They did have seven sacks on the day. But at the end of the day, Iowa State did come fighting back. And if you look at the last three times these two teams have faced each other, they were one-score games. So we should have anticipated a good one. But at the end of the day, it may have been a bit too close for Sooner fans how that one ended. Yeah, but you mentioned the defense, and we talked a lot about the offense struggles. The defense has played pretty well, right? 21 points this week, 27 to Baylor, 21, 23, 31. Like, they're doing some good things. Are we talking enough about the improvement, the defense? I think we're skewed so much by that Texas game, but Oklahoma's defense has done well this year. They really have, and Coach Grinch, I think, has come in. He's left his mark on the program. I I think the guys are buying into it, and I spent a lot of time talking to – Uh, one of their senior captains, Isaiah Thomas, this week. And he said what was missing against Baylor was really this lack of emotion and energy, and they just were too slow. They were relying on the offense to set the tone, and then they needed to then follow. Well, today, it was all about the defense setting the tone, and they did have those huge moments. And you got to keep in mind senior day, right? A guy like Isaiah Thomas, who's fought to play here, he had two sacks on the day. Pat Fields, another senior leader, 
seals it with that interception. Uh, they had that great score from Jalen Redmond. I mean, when a big man gets it done that way, you know they're celebrating. They laughed and joked with me after that they needed oxygen for him on the field, on the sideline after he had that run. But those are the moments that I think really were important for Oklahoma and the Sooners in terms of their development and progress. And you have to be pleased by the direction that that group is going. And I think ultimately they were the difference today. Lincoln Riley, fifth year at Oklahoma now with a victory today. He's 55-9. and nine. That's not bad. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's done, obviously, a great job uh, taking over for his predecessor, Bob Stoops, who was there for 18 years. He's 38 years old. Obviously, he's still a very young coach. What's your gut feeling here, Jenny Taft, on the future of Lincoln Riley? Is he going to be a guy that's going to stay there for 18 to 20 years? Or is he a guy that's maybe looking to test himself somewhere else? What's your guess? It's interesting you bring up his, his age, right? And he is young, and, and we've now been a part of this Lincoln-Riley experience for the last couple of years because we've been following for him for, for since the beginning. And, you know, I, I don't want to take credit for this because I think it, it's a really interesting point that my colleague Joel Clapp brought up this week, that he, he takes over, takes the reins from Bob Stoops. And I think there is a bit of a responsibility to get Oklahoma back to where they belong, right? And that is winning national championships. That is that elite program. He's still young. He's got two young girls, daughters. He talks about how much he enjoys Norman and being here. The rumors about LSU, I honestly just don't see that happening. I think he's downplayed them. But realistically, I don't see that as a destination that he would up and leave Oklahoma for. He has this team going in the right direction. I do have a feeling, and this is totally gut feeling like NFL could be a destination one day. I just don't necessarily see that happening overnight and right away because I think he has felt a responsibility given that when he was when he was given the reins, it was kind of a big deal that Lincoln Riley was the new man in charge and wow, has it worked out for them. Clearly his offense has been one we've been talking about for the last couple of years, but I just don't believe that this chapter is over for Lincoln and I always get the sense that he's not looking for the next opportunity in his personality, the way he talks about the team, the direction he wants to go. I just I don't see that happening anytime soon and uh, if if I did, I'd tell you. What has happened to Brock Purdy this year? He, he came into year with Iowa State feeling good about returning Purdy and returning some of the defense and obviously the running back, but it has just not been a good year for him. What is uh, Matt Campbell and staff kind of pointed to as the reasons why they just they haven't had the, the success? Uh, it's a bummer, right? I mean, I think for Coach Campbell, he was pretty honest with us in chatting this week that there were such high expectations for the team, and at times they just haven't been able to establish that rhythm early, and it felt like they were playing catch-up throughout these games, which has been some of those tough losses. I think Brock Purdy fought back today. He obviously was out with an injury. He was evaluated in the locker room. They didn't disclose the specifics of that, but he came back. He had those guys in it, right? And I think they can be pleased with the way they continue to fight all day. And there were some really impressive guys on that team, Will McDonald being one of them. They also had Charlie Kohler, uh, the tight end today, who had that late touchdown. He he had a great day. He's a Norman, Oklahoma kid who the Sooners didn't recruit. So they've had this talent. So I think for them, they they will feel that it was a letdown. The losses, they now have five on the season. But Coach Campbell, I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is my first time being around him, being around the Cyclones. I'd actually never covered them, which is surprising considering how many years I've been in this. I really liked him. I really liked Campbell. I really liked the way he had his guys playing. I really just liked his 
vision for where the group is going to go. He's a coach who potentially could be on the move. I know he's always been in conversations for that next opportunity, but I, I was really pleased with being around him and just the way they've been able to turn it around. And Brock Purdy has been on that journey with him. And I think Brock's a guy like he's going to go down as the winningest coach right now, or excuse me, winning its quarterback in Iowa State history. But at the same time, some of those losses this year for for him to have those in his senior season are going to be hard and the ones that you're always going to want back. But overall, considering where they were before Brock, before Coach Campbell, they have made progress and they've yeah. made a lot of it. Yeah, it's tough for them, though. They were preseason top 10. A lot of people top thought 10. maybe this was going to be the year. And now after the loss today, sitting at six and five, I don't I can't believe this, Jenny. We have two weeks left. We have week 13, and then, of course, week 14 is mainly the conference championship games, and then we move on to the Bulls and the playoffs and everything else. So where are you going to be week 13? Boy, you know, you know, I'm excited about this one. The game. Can you believe it? I mean, it's just, I, am I the luckiest person in the world to be covering this one? Michigan, Ohio State, oh and right before, right before you guys uh, welcomed me to the chat, I heard that Ohio State score, which I was loosely tracking during our game and you know it kept going up kept going up and look I don't think Michigan is intimidated by Ohio State but you gotta imagine after that score they're thinking a little bit about their loss to Michigan State in a way that I don't know if that gives you a lot of confidence going into that one I I think there is a bit of an equalizer that this one's in Ann Arbor that place is special the big house has an energy that is electric that's hard for me to even put into words for you and I've now covered I think this will be my fifth game which is wow why, I yes guys don't tell anyone wow. I don't want them to take it away from me this is like <laughs> the best gig in the world but I, I can't wait and they're all they're all unique and special because you never know but after seeing CJ Stroud's numbers today and some of those receivers and I mean geez Ohio State and those Buckeyes coach day always has them rolling but uh I know how hungry Michigan will be for this one and I mean, I'm taking the red-eye Thursday, Thanksgiving night. I, I'm even okay with the red-eye, and I never say that. So this should be a good one. <laughs> well, I tell you, we have, again, it was 49 nothing at halftime. Four, and by the way, it wasn't even that close. <laughs> yeah, so mean, everyone was watching our game. It That's was even better. <laughs> 49 nothing at halftime against a Michigan State team that beat Michigan. They were on oh, pace yeah. for for one thousand offensive yards. They had yeah. five hundred yards at halftime. That was because they took a knee. It was five oh one before the knee. Yeah, they 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 oh basically took a knee in the second half. Enough was enough, and they did. By the way, Michigan right now is leading on the road against Maryland, fourteen to three. So Good. hopefully they'll hang on. We'd like to see that uh, marquee matchup. Uh, and of course, Jeff would like to remind you, Jenny, that his Oregon Ducks dominated Ohio State. Dominated oh, I know. Wire I to wire, baby. I was wire to wire. Yeah. That was one of my favorite this year. I mean, that really set the tone for some of these great games. I mean, and just the fact that today was another good one. I have not had bad games this year. Like, I really have been so spoiled by the football gods to have all these close games. But I'll give you that. I'll give you that that win against, against the Buckeyes because Oregon looked good. And, hey, I know that's a big matchup against Utah tonight, but I got to imagine you're feeling okay about it. Well, we're uh, we're feeling envious of you as always, <laughs> and we have been delighted that every week you've been uh, coming on with us and sharing the experience that, as you say, is uh, incredible, and, and it has to be. And anyone that loves college football would imagine the same thing. Well, Jenny, uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. 
Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll chat after the big one. Let's make it happen. Have a good one. Absolutely. There she is, the great Jenny Taft, host of Undisputed, the Fox College football sideline reporter. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to get right back to some of the games going on right now. Alabama, a little bit of a test today against Arkansas. We'll bring you the latest there. we got some huge matchups in the Big Ten right now. And an undefeated team is in trouble. Tell you all about it coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Fox Football Saturday. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. All right. It is that time. It's the Heisman Update. 10-5 touchdown. Heisman Update. All right. The Heisman vote is due in just a few weeks. I have a vote, and I will update you. Normally, this would be a top three through last week's games. Today... It's right in the moment. Here is my current number three. Corral fakes the handoff in the pocket. Zips a pass. Caught at the 21. On the sidelines of the 10 is Dennis Jackson. Oh, he makes his man stumble and foul. Faked him out and ran it in. 
from five, untouched for the final five yards. Touchdown, Ole Miss. That's David Kellum from Learfield. Matt Corral, Mississippi quarterback, 17 touchdowns, just two picks. He is one for 10 touchdowns. They'll play Vanderbilt a little bit later on. They're sitting at 8-2, one of the best Ole Miss years in a long time. Lane Kiffin getting the job done. Matt Corral, Mississippi quarterback, is my number three. Here is my number two. Bryce Waits claps his hand. Play action fake and a throw wide open left side. Caught, and with his speed, nobody's going to catch Jamison Williams. Touchdown, Alabama. Eli Gold from Learfield. That would be Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, who, by the way, right now against Arkansas is 11-16, 233 yards and two touchdowns, already adding to his Heisman resume. But after today, well, there's a clear number one. Stroud back to pass. Looks and tosses on the right side. Caught at the brew. 15 by Wilson. Gets to the five and pushes his way to the pylon. Touchdown, Ohio State. That, of course, is Paul Keels from Learfield. C.J. Stroud today. This is why I had to move this up. 32 of 35, 432 yards, six touchdowns. That essentially was in one half as Ohio State blew out number seven Michigan State, 56 to seven. Remember, in Ohio State's only loss this year, Stroud, the redshirt freshman, Two for 484 yards and three touchdowns against your Oregon Ducks. One of the reasons I put all three of these guys on my list this week is the fact that Matt Corral at Mississippi, Bryce Young at Alabama, and C.J. Stroud at Ohio State all went to high school in Southern California. Three Southern California high school kids playing at Mississippi, Alabama, and Ohio State. So how exactly does that happen, Jeff Schwartz? Well, there's a game on Fox right now between UCLA and, and USC. And why don't you ask uh, Clay Helton or, mm-hmm. uh, or Mike Bone about that at USC or Chip Kelly and, uh, and Martin Jarmon at, at UCLA about why that's happening. I mean, you know, Oregon got a five-star from Arizona. I mean, we're doing our part of quarterback. He'll play next year for us. Um, mm-hmm. Washington got a five-star from Washington. and now He's a legacy in Heward. Um, but... You know, and to be fair, USC got a five-star in JT Daniels. He just got hurt. and they Well, they also had Bryce in. Young, uh, yeah. and he decommitted from USC right. to move to Alabama. Yeah, and Oregon was in on, on DJ Clemson, but DJ obviously chose Clemson, and, and we'll see if he gets better. Clemson, by the way, is going to win 10 games this year. Just FYI, everybody. I think that we've written off Clemson. They're going to win 10 games. They're going to be 10-3. Um and uh, and so you know it's why the Pac-12 is struggling in football. We we don't we can't even keep our own in the region outside of of really Oregon. Um, the USC just had a five star cornerback for modern day decommit. I mean I get it they don't have a coach for next year at the moment. So yeah, I mean with CJ Stroud, you just read his his um, what he had on the day. I mean he had. I think 400 yards passing the first half. Yeah, it was like he was like 31 of 33 in the first half. I mean, just out, just ridiculous. And it looked like Michigan State didn't even practice. I mean, it, it wasn't that. And this is the thing that we ran into last year between, you know, the the uh, you know, was, was it Devonte Smith or was it Mac Jones? Because well, Hassan just has guys open everywhere, and Michigan State just did not look prepared to play that game. Um, and, well, let, know, let me slow you down for a second here. Again, uh, I will confer with you, believe me, before I make my final vote. And I will not be able to reveal my final vote until the actual award is announced the following week. But there are a lot of people who look at Ohio State, and with all due respect to C.J. Stroud, they say 
he might be their fourth best offensive player. So when you have three receivers that had over 100 yards receiving today, you got Teague, who's an outstanding running back. How do you gauge the greatness of C.J. Stroud? I mean, the numbers are mind-boggling. He's had 36 touchdowns now, just five interceptions on the season. If he were to win the Heisman, he would join Jameis Winston and Johnny Manziel as redshirt freshmen that have won this award. But how do you really gauge whether or not Stroud, with his numbers, is indeed the best college football player in the country. I don't. It, you know, it felt like last year we just could could tell Smith was kind of the the better option. Yeah. I just don't think there's. I, I think watching these Wilson Olave play, like I don't feel that same way. Right. I don't feel like watching them play. It's like wow, I'm watching the best player in the country. Where some of the throws that CJ Stroud's made, I can make that case. Right. I'm watching sure. the best player in the country. I mean, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the best player in the country this year. Could quite, you know, could quite, could quite possibly be Jordan Davis, the the D tackle for Jordan, sure. Tyler Lindenbaum, the center yep. in Iowa, Kayvon Thibodeau, or Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, there's uh, there's plenty of options for best player, but CJ Stroud's playing well in big games, which you always talk about as being yep. a big barometer for you. Well, if he does um, this against Michigan next week, that might be it. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. If he does against Michigan, he he wins the award. Um, so, but I will say, Matt Ariza mm-hmm. might <laughs> he might be the best player in the country though, regardless of position. Oh, I mean, he is dominating his position like no other. So, long way to go. A couple more weeks. We'll see how the games play out. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to get into a little NFL talk. Some of the big games coming up tomorrow. Which are the key games? We'll keep it here on Fox Sports Radio. So it's an empty backfield behind Bryce. He'll clap his hands, backpedals, has time here. Steps up, looks long. Jamison's got the man beat. He makes the grab at the 30. He's to the 20. He's to the 10 to the 5. Touchdown, Alabama, 79 yards. That is Eli Gold, the legend from Learfield. But this one's not in the books yet. Far from it. Alabama leading Arkansas, number 21, Arkansas, 17 to 14, with uh, right now a little bit over three minutes to go in the first half. So Arkansas not intimidated on the road against Alabama today. Alabama just breaking off a big run right now, but hey. Arkansas is hanging in there. Uh, did you see this coming? Did you think Arkansas could make at least for a half a game of it against Alabama here, Jeff? Um, I, I didn't, but I think Alabama is just not as good as we've expected them to be in the past. Um, and that's just our, our, our expectations obviously carry with us throughout the season. They're just not as good as they've been, and that's, and that's okay. Georgia probably beats them, and they're out of the playoff. It's funny. We talk about the playoff, and um, – and, uh, we talked three weeks ago about, oh, my God, this, this. Guys, it's all working itself out, right? It's all working itself out. Um, so um, I, uh, I'm i not surprised. Uh, it's still the first half, though. There's plenty of football left. I mean, I think Alabama wins this game probably going away at the end. Well, we'll find out. We mentioned uh, before the break, didn't get to it, but I will now. An undefeated team in trouble. That would be Texas San Antonio Conference USA taking on the rival UAB. It's at the half, and UAB is leading this game by a score of 24-17. to 17. No knock on Texas San Antonio, because obviously they've had a phenomenal season 10 ago going into this game. But are you one of those guys that sort of likes to clean up, sort of like, you know, I don't, I don't want to really see a Texas San Antonio undefeated, and I just sort of like to... 
I don't know. I, I mean, mean how, how do you feel about it? Because you know, obviously they barely I'm, I'm, sneak into the top 25 in the college football playoff rankings. It is Conference USA, which is a, you know. I, I mean, I'm fine with them. I'm fine with them being ranked and being undefeated. But the but the argument of like they should be part of the playoff because they won all their games is completely and utterly silly to me. Right. Um. So, look. I've said this many times, and, and people, there's pushback to this. I, I don't really care. People don't like what I'm about to say. But you you go to certain schools with expectations of what your career is going to be at that school, right? And you go to UTSA, not with the idea you're winning a championship, like not even with a remote idea. I went to Oregon in 2004, and I did not think once about winning a national championship. To me, it was winning the Pac-12 Conference and winning the Rose Bowl. That's it. If we made if we made a, a championship game, which in 2007 we had a chance to do whoa, so. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You were thinking national championship before Dennis Dixon went down in 07. Well, that's what you said. Yeah, in that that one season we were. Yeah. Uh, but that took us, you know, seven weeks to get to number two, and we're like, okay. We're playing pretty well. Yeah, we would chance, but like you're, I didn't go to Oregon with that idea. No one goes to US, UTSA thinking, you know what? We deserve to play in, the, in, in, in no. a championship game. Like, come on, come on, come well, on. Well, if they had a real playoff, though, if you know all ten FES conferences had an invite to a sixteen school playoff, like they have at every other division level. Not saying that they would get out of the first round, but at least they. They get a chance. All right, I want to switch to the NFL for a moment because there's one team in particular I definitely want to get into with you, Jeff, and that is the New England Patriots. Oh, boy. All right, so uh, they dismantle Atlanta 25-0 on Thursday night. Wasn't great to see Josh Rosen get into the game and immediately throw a pick six. That uh, was, uh, uh, wow. Uh, I, I don't often talk about my fantasy football team, but I have the New England Patriots defense, and I went to bed mm. before the end of that game, and I woke up to 25 points. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. Um, I've been wrong about players before, but I don't think I've ever been wrong about a player like I was about Josh Rosen. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, it's been uh, it's hard to believe. This is the same guy who was the 10th overall pick by Arizona in the same draft of Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Remember guys like Josh Allen and, oh, I don't know, Lamar Jackson. Uh, remember, he was also saying that the nine teams that passed on him will regret that decision I don't even know how to feel anymore. I mean, he continues to get opportunities. He's still, what, yeah. 25? I, I mean, still a young guy. Steve, Steve. What happened here, man? So here's, here's – well, he was, just wasn't good. Here's the thing about it. About – this is – I'm a seventh-round draft pick, so this is kind of – this is a yeah. sensitive area, topic for me. So your draft slot follows you around your entire career. Yes. And when you're drafting the first round, everyone thinks they can fix you. They can, I can fix him. I'll fix him. If he comes here, he's talented. He's drafted first overall for 13th. He's first round draft pick. I'll fix him. You know, I'll make it work. He, 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 he comes to my program and we'll do it. We're a seventh round draft pick like me. I don't get those chances. And Josh Rose is an example of that. There's plenty of them like we talk about where they keep getting jobs because they're first round draft picks. If he was a second or third round draft pick, he wouldn't have any jobs. But that's the way this works. And it's very upsetting because. It doesn't take into account, obviously, what you do on the field. They look at your draft slot, and they say, you know what? We'll give him a chance. I was seventh-round draft pick. Now, I played eight seasons. I'm very proud of my career. Um, I don't think my career would have been different as far as that from that idea of being a first-round draft pick for a seventh-round draft pick. But definitely does matter where you're drafted. It, car- it, it follows you through your entire career in the NFL. All right, New England. There are people now drawing a comparison to the New England team of exactly 20 years ago. 
2001. When they inserted essentially a rookie quarterback in Tom Brady, technically he was in his second year, but he played a total of one game back in of Drew Bledsoe the year before. So essentially he's a rookie quarterback. And the formula for success that year for New England is they just seem to sneak up on teams week after week after week is as far as the quarterback, stick with the script. Whatever we tell you to do, you do not vary from that. Do what we tell you to do, and then we'll take care of the rest. And I'm looking at this game against Atlanta. It was far from a great game for Mac Jones, but it was one of those interesting games. He goes 22 of 26. Wow. I mean, he's on pace right now to break Dak Prescott's rookie record for highest completion percentage. It's like 100 yards. But he did not complete a single pass of 20 yards or more. Not one. They didn't have one completion over 19 yards the entire game. So when you look at this New England team right now, five consecutive victories, only the Titans have a current uh, longer winning streak right now. And the fact that we've said this week after week, nobody's really overwhelming you right now in the NFL. I mean, there's there's obviously good teams with some great quarterbacks, but everyone is still sort of trying to put their season together. Someone could get hot, obviously. But right now the hot team is New England. And they've got a formula, and it's a formula that's worked before all the way to win a Super Bowl. Granted, it was 20 years ago, a much different time, but the circumstances are eerily similar. What do you make of what Belichick is doing right now, and just how far can this New England team go? Steve, do you remember after Tom Brady won the Super Bowl last year, Mm -hmm. what the the talk was about Belichick? Remember, it was... Washed up. He's yeah. not good anymore. He it can't just coach proves anymore. It was Brady that made Belichick, not and, the other way around. And yeah. I and I um, mm. said, "Hey guys, there's there's two things here. One is Belichick, Belichick the general manager. Okay, fair to criticize that guy. Not been very good at times. Belichick the coach went seven nine with that bum roster last year. Remember all seven, the guys that sat out with COVID? Yeah, yes, it's like seven dudes sat out of COVID. Yeah. This year he goes heavy into free agency. Mm-hmm. Drafts Mac Jones. And they're really good guys. He didn't forget how to coach. He just didn't have a good team last year. Right. Now they're better. And you could tell they enjoy playing with each other. And you're right. I think the parallels between Mac and Brady are very easy to make, but I I, I don't I don't know. I just know that that Mac Jones is being efficient. He's not being asked to do too much. But then again, he did a lot against the Cowboys in a loss, right? Like he has had moments where he's had to do more and he's been able to fill that role. Of doing more. And here's the thing about a quarterback like Mac Jones. When you're not as mobile as a Justin Fields or Trey Lance or even a Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, you have got to be, you have to know every little detail of what's happening around you because you know you do not have an escape route of running the football. Right, like if like yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is not prepared or Zach Wills is not prepared, but they always know. In the end, I can make a play with my legs. Matt can never do that, so he has to get the ball out quickly. He has to know where his outlets are at. He has to know exactly what the defense is doing, and there is a little bit to running an offense like that where it's very structured, it's very uh, it's very um, regimented. And it can be very successful, and I think that that it, we we see it. And in, in each week, he, he looks a little bit better. Yeah, he's going to have some down weeks, right? He's going to have a couple down. It's okay, he's a rookie, 
And I, I think they really can challenge for the AFC. I thought they were a playoff team this year. I had them as a playoff team. I had them with playoff team with Cam Newton, not with Mac Jones. But I thought the parts are really good around them. And I thought that Belichick can, obviously can still coach. So they have two games against Buffalo still. But they have a lot of chance to win the division. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Are they winning the Super Bowl? No. But the AFC is a really odd division this year. Uh, it could be someone who gets hot at the very end. Look, Tennessee's 8-2 and two right now. But they're seventeenth in overall efficiency. Mm-hmm. Those don't score up pretty well. That doesn't. That's not. A, it just doesn't. Doesn't make sense. Now they have the tiebreaker over Buffalo and Kansas City, so they're going to be the one seed most likely. But there's a team in in the in the Midwest in Kansas City, who everyone wrote off one bad month in three and a half years. Uh, they look pretty good again all of a sudden. Now we'll see this weekend tomorrow if they can keep it up against Dallas. But are you telling me that if they start playing better on offense again, defensively, they've been much better last month of the season. Ingram adding him was a great deal. The pad, they moved Chris Jones back inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. They got Sorensen off the field. They're playing gay more and they're playing, they're playing a, a Thornhill more. Are you telling me that, that Kansas City can't win the, the AFC again? It'd be tough, but on the road again. But there's a, there's a lot of options in the AFC, and New England might be one of them. I don't quite think they're there yet, but they're going to be a playoff team. Well, here's my feeling on, and I've said this forever, about New England's success, is the thing that the Patriots do better than any other organization, because they do it consistently, is they identify a player's talent and then put him in a position to succeed. Bingo. The, the, the talent that Mac Jones has is throwing the ball accurately. That is his talent. He completed 77% of his passes at Alabama. And some people dismiss that because he had all day to pass, great offensive line, all these weapons around him. But still, he throws the ball accurately. So that's the one thing he does. So let's put him in a position to succeed. Let's make sure that what he does best is something that we will amplify. We're not asking him to throw the ball down the field. We're not asking him to do any of that. What we're asking him to do is complete passes, and he does that at a very high level. So this is something they've done down their roster for years, identifying what a player's talent is and then putting him in a position to succeed, which is, it seems like so obvious, but you know as well as I do, Jeff, people don't do that. They're like, well, I know he did this, but we're going to have him do that. And it's like, no, that's not what he does. This is what he does best. New England is always maintaining this throughout the Belichick era, and that's why they win so many games, period. You're absolutely correct about that. The, what, what, when people ask me what makes a good coach, and there's many things I can, you know, kind of just, you know, little you know, intricacies about their personality and whatnot. But what I say about about coaching itself is is the is the, is the, the you have to be multiple and adaptable and you have to be able to mold to your players and no one does it better than Belichick he is not about ego he is about winning football games and if you can win a football game and you do it in this way and he takes you on his team for that he'll find a way to make that work that's what he has always done it's what I remember I, I tell the story often I'll tell it again in 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 2015 it was my only start against New England in my career. They came to MetLife. And I'm on the Giants offensive line. And most defenses, you know, they have a base defensive package. They have a nickel package. And, and most often they're a nickel now because nickel tends is when you have more wide receivers on the field. And so the defense takes the linebacker out. They bring a nickel in. They bring in five DBs. That's what most defenses are in now, 70% of the game. But base defense is what they run when you have a you know, tight end and running back in the game, tight end fullback, okay? 
And those are pretty standard. And what teams typically just run what they run on base defense, and then a nickel gets a little crazy. But not for New England. That year, we prepared for three different base defenses, three different ones. We had a, one we thought we'd get. We had a maybe, and then we had kind of like, okay, let's just kind of be ready for this one. They probably aren't going to do it, but we'll just see. And they did the third one, the one that we were like, ah, not quite sure they're going to do. And that's what makes Belichick so difficult is because the thing you think they're doing the least is what they're doing that game because that's what they determined was going to work best against them. And we, our plan wasn't great against it. We know we scored 29 points, I think, and lost anyways. But, you know, like it's just that's what he's so good at, right? Is, is, is each week you really can't prepare because no. you don't know what you're going to get. Absolutely not. And I remember talking to a former linebacker for the Patriots, Ted Johnson, back in their early uh, Super Bowl wins. And I asked him about the challenge of playing defense for New England. He goes, you have no idea. We erase everything we do from one week and start all over again. So I could be doing something really well one week and maybe put in a completely different position. I don't know exactly. how teams prepare for New England. It's difficult, but right now they're on a roll with five straight wins. All right, there are other big games we're going to get to in the NFL. And yes, we are going to keep you updated on a huge day of college football. This is Fox Football Saturday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Adrian now trying to line up, clapping his hands, gets the snap, back to throw, steps, throws, pass, caught to Ray, touchdown Nebraska. Samori Toure slides in there, a little quick slant. That's Greg Sharp from Learfield. Nebraska actually tied right now with Wisconsin. It's been another disappointing season for Nebraska. I want to ask you this. I was talking to a friend of mine about the uh, Chip Kelly situation at UCLA, something uh, that you'll know a little bit about. And I thought he made a good point. Um, He says, you know, if you're UCLA with Chip Kelly, and we've been going on with this with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, I mean, if Michigan gets routed again by Ohio State, I mean, he got a contract extension. He's not going anywhere. And Scott Frost in Nebraska, right? I mean, th- this gets back to the Texas situation where they, they decided, no, Tom Herman, thanks for the effort. We go next level with, with Sarkeesian, which obviously hasn't happened. But the idea of changing coaches over and over again, hoping to find the magic that was there in the past. USC obviously has been going through this. Maybe one of the reasons they stayed with Clay Helton maybe longer than they should have well, what are your feelings about that, of a, of a Scott Frost in Nebraska? Do you give him more time? Chip Kelly okay. at UCLA, Jim Harbaugh obviously getting all the time in the world at Michigan. Where do you stand on that? All right, so here's the thing. As as money has made its way into college football to a much higher level, right? Obviously, there's Daniel Jalik in that, but just the, the amount of booster money that's involved in trying to get a program to win. The amount of this, you know, the TV money, the playoff effort, all those things, it has somehow changed the idea. And really, this is more of a playoff and money thing than just a money thing. Has changed the idea of what a good season is. I'll give you an example. Clemson might finish ten and three this season. Yeah, it's a pretty good season, guys. You know, hardest to win. 10. I, I I looked this up because I was talking about Miami and and Oregon this week of between Mario Cristobal staying in Oregon and going to Miami or not. Miami's had one ten win season since two thousand three. Mm-hmm. One. One, Oregon's had like 13 or whatever it is, right? With four different coaches. It is hard to win 10 games. Matt Campbell, Iowa State's head coach, who is going to be up for all these jobs. I'm not quite, never won 10 games before. Never won 10 games. I Iowa State, by the way, is never in their program history. Washington State won 10 games like three years ago, okay? Mm-hmm. It's hard to win football games. College football, the emotions, you know, the injuries, the ups and downs, all it's just hard to win. And so because of the playoff, a lot of schools think the only measure of success is making a four-team playoff. Four out of 130 teams, the only success is making that playoff. That's just not true. It's just not true. I know it might feel that way. I know, like, I, look, but it depends who you are. Like, if you're Oregon this year and you, don't, and you don't make a playoff, yeah, you set yourself up for a playoff. If you don't make it, that'd be disappointing. But guess what? The staff thought you'd make it next year and the year after. Like, this is not supposed to be the year for that, right? If we if we go 11 and 2, 12 and 2, great season still, right? Great season. 12 and 2 with the quarterback we have and the injuries we had. Great season, right? Like, we have to be realistic with our expectations. So, if you are Michigan, for example, you win 10 games like every year. Yeah. You probably don't beat Ohio State again. It sucks. It's a bummer. But who are you hiring who's winning you 10 games every year if it's not Jim Harbaugh? 
Who is that guy, right? Who are you well, hiring? Well, that's my whole point because if you do bring in a new coach, you got to start all over again. Yes. New staff and everything else, new systems. I want to get back to Chip Kelly for a moment. Right now, UCLA leading USC 21-10. to 10. Uh, By the way, this uh, quarterback for USC, Jackson Dart, who was yeah. the Gatorade National Player of the Year last year, he's 18. Okay, he is 18 years old. And I've, I've been seeing some of these incomplete passes. A lot of them Drops. Are, are, well, guys literally can't handle the velocity of the football. I mean, you talk about a guy who's aptly named Dart. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching some of these passes, the velocity. I mean, you got to gain some touches as an 18-year-old. Yeah. But sheer velocity? This kid is insane, but you got to get a little touch there. But getting back to Chip Kelly, if UCLA were to win this game against USC, win their final game against Cal, that's eight and four, and then go on to a bowl victory, nine and four. I mean, that's, I said before the season, they needed to win eight or nine games for him to survive. Well, what's next? He's had one quarterback for four years in Dorian Thompson Robinson. They're going to have to bring in a new quarterback. I know it's a little selfish of me on our national show to be talking about UCLA, <laughs> well, but Chip, Chip Kelly is a very yeah. national name. Um, have you seen enough? Because you know him way better than I do. Yeah. Have you seen enough of what he's done in four years at UCLA where you can tell me, as a UCLA grad, better days are ahead if Chip Kelly remains? Well, he has to change defensive coordinators. That 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 has to happen because you have a, a, a defense with 11 seniors on it and, you, and you're not good enough yet. Um, you know, to really make to, to be a difference maker, you have to go. You have to go. So there needs to be some some staff changes. Can you develop a quarterback? Because Dorian Thompson Robinson has not got any better. Right. That's an issue. And they lose a ton of players this year. Yep. So obviously, can you can you basically start over next year? Can you have young guys? Now again, nine and four is not getting fired at nine and four. Not getting fired at nine and four. But you're a Bruin fan. I'm a Bruin fan. Who are you hiring? Well, that's my point. I mean, they, when they got Chip Kelly, it was like, wow, wow. Because everyone thought he was taken for Florida, it, that he was gone, that UCLA yeah. was never in the mix. They get, he, they get, you know, Carl Durrell's of the world. Or, and, 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 and I understand, by the way, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I, I understand um, that there's some hesitancy to pay your coach $95 million, what Mel Tucker supposedly is getting at Michigan right. State, to get your butt whooped by Ohio State. And he's won zero divisions so far. And entering the season, I think he was 7-13 as a head coach. Now, I think Mel's a great head coach. I think he's on his way to being good. But it's probably not going to be $95 million good. So if you're a program, you're like, oh, you know, we kind of have a budget shortfall. Like, are we going to – I understand – there's some hesitancy to pay that much money for not a lot of wins. I, I get that, really. And so if, if that's the way that you feel as a program, okay, fair enough. But there also is not like this plethora of young upcoming coaches either. Like, I don't know who, like, if you fire Chip, are you hiring Miles Brennan? Is that his name? No, not Miles Brennan. Um, uh, um, Brett Brennan at San Jose mm-hmm. State. Are you hiring, uh, is it DeVore at Fresno State? Like, like is, that, is that better than Chip? I don't know. But paying a coach... Five, eight million dollars. David Shaw is making nine million dollars to win three games at Stanford this season. Yeah, like I understand. I get if you are as a program, like you know what, we want to be good, but we also don't want to spend that much money. I sort of get that. But if you want to be good, you do have to spend the money. And and I think that that um, some schools get that. Oregon gets that. Does USC get that? 
with the new hire. There's Washington, obviously Florida, if they let, let go down. LSU does. I mean, some of the schools do do that. But that's what it comes down to as well. It's like if you're if you're a middle tier school, is it is it worth paying paying the buyout for someone who's not really going to get you any better? Like, they, so there's a lot of questions about. I think the money it costs to be really good. But again, we have to we have to lower expectations of what we think our program should be. Like for me, for Oregon, I think some years we should be playoff teams. Other other years we shouldn't. Like I, I am I'm realistic about it. This year I feel like. We weren't supposed to be there quite this year, but we're set up on a path to do that. UCLA has won one Pac-12 title since 1985, I believe. It was 98. 98. Oh, Pac-12 title. Yeah. So, like, if you're a Bruin coach, 9-4 is a really good season. It is a good season, but the yeah. question is, if you extend his contract, are we going to go back to uh, a string of five and sevens or four and eights? Uh, that would well, be the big question but, moving but forward. That, but that's and then the, what do the, you do? Well, that's that's the limit. Right, well, put okay. I, I'm not I'm not Martin Jarman. We should call him up and see what he. <laughs> okay, about all right. Uh, we're going to get back to we got some NFL news, including the game of the week tomorrow in the National Football League. But first, let's find out what's trending right now. David Gascon and I don't know. Watching this USC UCLA game as I am with a lot of interest. Yeah. This Jackson Dart. I'm telling you, that guy can throw. Big arm. Big arm. Big arm. Ridiculous arm. You're watching that. I'm watching number five Cincinnati do work. Uh, I'm I'm sure you're going to lead with the huge celebration. I just eyewitnessed uh, Iowa Sam leaping out of his chair as Iowa puts away the (laughs) four-win fighting Illini of Illinois. Can you put the trending music bed back on? This isn't a fanboy show. Yeah. Thank you. you Hey, you like seeing that, don't you, Dave? Let's get to what's trending right now, not Mm -hmm. Iowa Sam. Yeah, um, <laughs> man, you're you're in a tough spot, Steve. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, because you haven't had a viable quarterback in quite some time. No, long time. Even when Brent Hundley was there, he wasn't there because there was no offensive line. But I loved him because he beat USC three straight years. <laughs> he didn't just beat them; he beat yeah, them he three did. straight he years. Like a drum. That's, That's right. what That's I'm right. looking for. That's right. Um, speaking of beating right now, number two Alabama leads number 21 Arkansas by 10 at the end of the first half. Uh, 24-14 with Bryce Young at the helm. He's 14-19 for 287 and three scores. Michigan over Maryland, 24-3. And that affair, that ball game's also at the end of the first half. Michigan is at 9-1 this season. They got a date looming with Ohio State. Speaking of them, they won easy today, 56-7 over 7th-ranked Michigan State. Pitt, 24. Virginia, 21. A couple other games right now of note. You mentioned the University of Texas San Antonio. 10-0 this season. They're tied 24-24 with UAB. You mentioned Iowa just winning right now. Cincinnati, 27-0 over SMU. This ballgame has now tricked its way into the third quarter. 14th-ranked BYU leads Georgia Southern, but only by a field goal. 20-17 is the score. Cougars were 20.5-point favorites coming into this contest. Florida-Missouri, all field goals. Missouri leads 9-6 to at the end of the first half. And then USC trailing right now to UCLA, 21-10 in this affair. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, they're showing his numbers. 7-13, of 13, 193, three touchdown passes, and two INTs. Those are some weird numbers. You know, all season long, his completion percentage isn't great, but what's impressive is his yards per completion. Yeah. They essentially throw the ball deep a lot. You know, was it the game against Fresno State where he had like five yards passing in the first half or something wild? 
They, it's been an interesting year because UCLA's only lost one game on the road all season long. They've lost three at home, but right now they're seeming really to wear down uh, USC. Big run right there by Charbonnet. So. <laughs> I was going to say, Jeff, is it a road game? Is it a home game? Or is it a neutral game? Because there's, there's nobody at the Coliseum. Yeah. No, I'm just saying my, there's nobody at the Coliseum. <laughs> my Pac-12 picks this year um, have been really good. And so I gave three road uh, favorites today. I like uh, I UCLA, I like Cal, and I like Oregon. And someone said, oh, I don't like all the road favorites. I go, yeah, but USC and Stanford aren't really good home field advantage. Wait, you like Oregon like, today? I do like Oregon, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> wow. um, oh, he's not even sweating. I called him well before the show today. Now, is that even I thought he the, was going to be antsy about it. Um, no. Was that confident? Was that even without even knowing the status of Tavion Thompson or Thomas? He's he's going to play it. They, I don't. I'm assuming he plays. Um, I watched Utah's offensive line. I went back and watched the fit, like the actual film. I know that sounds kind of corny to say, of them against Arizona and Stanford. Okay, yeah. two games they rushed the ball for a zillion yards. Um, Oregon's going to have their way up front tonight. That's really? Not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried about that. Um, I'm worried about, as usual, Anthony, Anthony Brown. Like he's going to have the quarter where he forgets to play football, or like he just has a bad turnover. Like we've got to overcome that, but. I'm not terribly concerned over 60 minutes. This, look, man, every time someone says, Oregon's not going to win a game, they're going to get beat in the trenches, they win all those games. That's like, that's, we live on being under. If you want us, to, if you want to catch us slipping, you should have made us seven point favorites. Like that, th- being a three point underdog, everyone talking all week about Utah being more physical than us. And that's the worst way to beat Oregon. That's the exact opposite way to be. We're going to be ready to go tonight, ready to play. God, we look, our uniforms look fabulous tonight, too. Oh, Got to watch out. I wasn't wild about your uniforms <laughs> last week, to be honest. And Utah, and Utah's busting out brand new uniforms, like special uniforms tonight, too. Great helmets, but like all great uniforms. You cannot. Bust out brand new uniforms at a big game. Remind like this us again either. the last time Utah lost a conference game at home? Uh, 2018. 2018. Uh, like September 2018. Just keep that ah. in mind. They also haven't had the third team in the country come to come come to Utah. We've also won three. We played better on the road. We've covered three or four on the road this 2018. year. 2018. We've covered, zero, game, we've covered right. zero games at home this year. All right. And three or four on the road. David's left the building, by the way. David, thank you very much. Uh, we'll you, talk buddy. to you a little bit later on uh, in the show. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just so tired of everyone just like don't don't watch the Pac-12 and they're just like they're just like oh Oregon only Ohio State's gotten better Oregon I'm like well what about Oregon we added the, the best defense player in the country back at our team that hasn't made a difference like people just don't it's our fault Steve no one cares because we're not good enough to for people to care all right well the Oregon's gonna play Utah I believe what is that a 4:30 kickoff West yeah, Coast 7:30 uh, on the East Coast so it's coming hours. up this afternoon a couple hours away meanwhile UCLA rolling it up another touchdown this one a rushing touchdown by Dorian Thompson Robinson but as you today here's the amazing thing if Jeff had not bet or wagered on a single NFL game this year you'd be sitting pretty you've been all over the college football season you've been raking it up week after week with college football picks it's the NFL and and by the way I've been pretty good over the years with my picks I have a certain formula that has rarely failed me certainly not in a disastrous manner until this year I mean I it's every week gets worse every single week gets worse for me this NFL season has been um, quite quite a mess for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 21 and 29 in the NFL, and I'm 27 and nine in the Pac-12. Right. After see what you mean. And so I have, if you just stay you away see, from like, the NFL, you'd be sitting. Pre- By the way, uh, do you, you have a three. big Thanksgiving at your house? Are you hosting Thanksgiving? My parents are coming out here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, by the way, my dad texted me. He he, I believe wants to have a new UCLA coach. By the way, um, uh, they're they're coming. Uh, they're coming. Is he here upset that Monday. Chip Kelly and UCLA are winning this game big, knowing that that pretty no, much cements no, Chip No, but Kelly's I think he future? doesn't. I think he doesn't believe that, that the team will be better next year with new players. Well, he he has good reason to. Your dad and I think the same way. Uh, all right. So, uh, by the way, when your father, or your mom, and dad come, and you're hosting Thanksgiving. Yeah. Are they involved in the cooking process or are the kids? My grandfather, he was Mr. Gravy. Like my mom would make pretty much the Thanksgiving meal. But when it came to the gravy, that was my grandfather. Like he was really good at making that perfect gravy to go on the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the stuffing and everything else. Um, is your dad that kind of guy? Does he put uh, put the effort in or is he just kicking no, my dad, back my dad's watching not, football with you and waiting my dad's for the food? Not the co- my dad doesn't cook very much. Yeah. Um, so I, I fry a turkey. Um, oh, you fry the turkey. Oh, buddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's, so, well, that's it's uh, dangerous. No, no. No? Use, it can be a, dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. I use an electric fryer. So okay. there's no, there's no, there's no um, there's How long no does that flame. take normally? What do you have? Uh, what Thir- size turkey are we talking 13 about? 13 pounds, okay. 48 minutes. All right. Wow. So, 48 minutes. That's yeah. it. Oof. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a propane. So it's, it's electric coil. It's a, mm-hmm. in, in the, in the, you know, in the, the fryer. And it stays nice and moist, the turkey. Oh, dude. I inject it with some Creole butter seasoning. Oh, like boy. a Creole butter uh, marinade. Yeah. Oh. And, um, mm-hmm. and then, so I, I do the turkey and I'll throw in a couple like extra legs or something or wings too, just to have for, for the next yeah. couple of days right my wife will make a homemade mac and cheese mm-hmm. and then yeah. my mom my mom makes a stuffing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's just the four adults and the two my two kids like how much food do we need no, so, like, I, that's I, probably I, well i'll tell you well, i'll tell you how much it. food you need is when you get my boys at age 25 and 23 then there's not enough food uh, yeah so like that that's the thing is like we don't need to have a lot of food this year yeah. because it's just the four adults and um and yeah mm, uh, very good all right uh i want to save some time to get specifically into a game i'm going to do it on the other side tomorrow in the nfl the kansas city chiefs hosting the dallas cowboys battle the quarterbacks how is this game going to play out are the chiefs once again the team to beat in the afc and can the cowboys lay claim that they're the team to beat in the NFC. We're going to break it down coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... 
Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of guard that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can Charbonnet get that dirty dozen of touchdowns? It'll be DTR on a keeper instead. Gets a block from Charbonnet to the left pylon. Touchdown! Dorian Thompson-Robinson takes it home, and the Bruins are pulling away. Yeah, Josh Lund. Learfield, voice of the Bruins. Not a top 25 game, but of interest to me. By the way, USC did come back, went right down the field. A lot of scoring in the first half. UCLA leading right before the half, 28-17. to 17. What was the spread on this? UCLA was fair by how many? Three. Three. All right, I, so I, you're I feeling UCLA pretty good. UCLA very heavy. I just yeah. didn't get this line. By the way, this Alabama-Arkansas game that's going on right now is uh, pretty entertaining, to say the least. Arkansas just broke off a huge touchdown. They're down 10 Alabama's still in control, but there are some signs of trouble uh, with uh, Arkans, uh, with Alabama. We'll get to that a bit later on. I want to get to this game tomorrow between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys. So suddenly the Chiefs have won three in a row. All right, they beat the Packers with Jordan Love at quarterback. Not much of a game there. Mahomes throws five touchdowns against the Raiders, and then a lot of people are saying they're back. Uh, meanwhile, the Cowboys rebound from that ugly loss at home to Denver with the demolition of the Falcons, but after watching the Falcons against New England, what is it, exactly does that mean? But still, you could make an argument that when it's all said and done, I don't know, this could be a Super Bowl matchup. So which team do you think right now has the most momentum going into this matchup? Chiefs hosting the Cowboys. Well, Cowboys will be without... Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. who is on the COVID list. So that yes. obviously kind of blunts a little bit of what they do offensively. Uh, if Teron, I, I don't know if Teron Smith is back for the Cowboys. He's a left tackle. And they won last weekend without him, but but they're they're 14 and 15 without him as um as and they're 79 and 61 when he plays. Um so it, that's a big, you know, obviously a, a big a big difference there, right? Um and so I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna come back this week. Um, you know, momentum, you know, I think the Chiefs probably feel good about where they're at right now, right? Look, everyone buried them and they didn't have a couple good weeks, but it was really only two bad weeks and they, they got completely buried and good teams find ways to work through ruts. They're six and four. The the, the AFC West had a chance to bury them. The Chargers right. had their chance. Two weeks ago, it. they were alone in last place yeah. in the division. Now they're alone in first place. 
Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the Raiders had a chance and, you know, they've obviously their, their team and their offense have struggled mightily since Ruggs, um, you know, uh, has been arrested. And, um, you know, so that seems a little different now and the Broncos aren't very good. So you get the Cowboys in town. What, what we should be talking about more than anything else, the Chiefs defense has played much better lately. And they started the year pretty poor. And they played, a, 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 you know, it's been Jordan Love, it's been Carr, it's been Daniel Jones. So this will be the biggest test they have. But adding Ingram back to, the, you know, on their team via trade, moving Chris Jones back to defensive tackle has been big for them. And, you know, like I said, getting rid of Daniel Sorensen, number 49, who who is you know, had a lot of issues at, at safety and playing him less and less, playing less man coverage, going back to a lot of cover two, so kind of keep everything in front of you. Don't you know? Don't put guys on islands. Uh, Gay's playing more; he's healthy now as well. So Sneed, so is Juan Thornhill. They were never going to be this bad, and they were getting a little bit better. All they need from their defense is, you know, four stops a game, right? Just like don't make Pat Mahomes have to do everything. And we saw last week that Pat Mahomes was able to sit back in the pocket and make some plays. So let's talk about the offense very quickly. We heard we hear a lot about, I'm sure you've heard about this, cover two, right? Cover mm-hmm. two! Mm-hmm. The Chiefs can't play cover two. Well, the Raiders play a lot of single high coverage because that, that's what they do. That's what they do. And guess what the, the Cowboys do? Play a lot of single high coverage. They, they, they're fourth most in the NFL man coverage. They play either cover two or quarters, cover four, two safeties, uh, a, a little under 25% of the time. So I think that we're going to see a lot of man coverage and a lot of cover three, some and some, 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 uh, some too high. The reason why I know everyone's going to say this: well, just just run cover two, J- just do it. Well, if you're not really good at those techniques, why would you do it, right? Because would you rather run what you run and be good at it and hope you can make plays, or just run something you're not good at and hope the Chiefs screw up? I kind of would want to run what I want, what I'm good at. So I think they're going to score a lot of points in this game. I think the Chiefs win this game and cover this game. They're at home. They're feeling much better about things. And if they do, then they become one of the favorites again to make it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, curious line on this game because Casey's only two and a half at home, meaning that on a neutral field, Dallas would be a slight even, favorite. Uh, yeah. The over-under is a beefy 56 and a half, but you figure that. Um, and you say you're not afraid of that number, are you? Going over fifty. No, I, I said this earlier this year. I think when I the Chiefs Titans game was fifty seven. Like the last twenty two times, a number had been that high. Like it got over eighteen times. Now again, it didn't go over in the Chiefs game and Chiefs Titans game. But um, I think actually a lot of points are scored here. I just like the you know the Arrowhead. They, they said the ticket prices for this game are higher than the AFC Championship games. Mm. <laughs> like the Cowboys fans are traveling right. The Cowboys oh, yeah. show up. The Cowboy fans show up, man. Years. Yeah, they, they always show, show up. Yeah, and the AFC, you know, AFC buildings is once every eight years. So, um, yeah, because last time they were there was 2013, which is when I was on the Kansas City when we beat Dallas in uh, in Arrowhead. So. Um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that game. I I, I really do think the Chiefs are going to pull it out. Uh, Mark Cooper not being there, and the Chiefs. Well, does that make them the team to beat in the AFC? Are they the best team right now? If you were to be with the Ravens and the Titans and the Bills and all the other teams in the AFC right now, if you had to put your money on which team will make it to the Super Bowl Week Eleven, which team are you putting your money on? Probably Buffalo because they are very good on defense and offensively they have not been as good this year as they've been in the past, but they can be really good if they kind of clean things up a little bit uh, on the offensive line and kind of Josh Allen cleans it up his play a little bit. I think they're the team to beat 
in, you know, beating the AFC. I think it's Buffalo. All right. Uh, just gives you updated on the college football seat. Are, are you watching this Alabama-Arkansas game? I'm going back and forth, yeah. Back and forth right now. By the way, Bryce Young, uh, who is currently second on my Heisman list, he is 21 of 28, four seven yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Just went backward about 25 yards, though. That's, so that's fourth and goal right now for Alabama. They have a 10-point lead. Uh, but 407 yards passing, four touchdowns for Bryce Young. The thing about Bryce Young is he has the opportunity to win the Heisman. No matter oh, what Stroud does at Ohio State, if Bryce Young and Alabama can put up huge numbers and beat Georgia, the number one defense in the country by far, that'll win a Heisman trophy. That is that is the game left where one individual player can win a Heisman Trophy. Because I don't think Stroud putting up numbers against Michigan after what he did against Michigan State would be enough. All right, on the other side, who is the best team in the NFL right now? Jeff Schwartz will tell us coming up next. Donovan Edwards to his left, the running back. Back to throw. Pressure coming. He throws the ball. Right corner of the end zone. Is that caught? Mike Sagristel with an unbelievable one-handed grab. Touchdown, Michigan. That is Jim Bradstatter right there from Learfield. Michigan taking care of business on the road against Maryland. They lead this one 31-3. 5.40 to go in the third quarter. Michigan, of course, will be hosting Ohio State next week at the Big House that is going to be one epic battle. Both teams will be coming in on a roll. Rolling here on Fox Football Saturday. A couple of quick things here before we get back to all the uh, NFL talk and the college football talk. Uh, Jeff just uh, texted me. Now, you know, we're a coast-to-coast uh, show here. And you texted a quote from your dad, who's a UCLA guy, Yeah, watching this UCLA-USC game. And your quote is, it's really hard to watch, especially with my conflicted feeling. I want Chip out, but I also want SC to lose. Can't have both. You can tell your father that he and I, uh, from similar eras, have literally right now, yes. the exact same mindset. I mean, to, I mean, I, I, in fact, I, almost word for word, I said this to a friend of mine. Like, exactly, it's hard for me to watch because I'm conflicted. I, I'm, I'm sort of done with Chip Kelly, but I certainly don't want to lose to USC. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's it it is a catch twenty two situation. So tell your father that I'm in lock step with him right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is I'm, I'm sure fairly sure he's listening because he keeps texting in after we talk about UCLA. He's so. the daddy. He's also watching, too. I mean, it, it's a tough place to be in, right, where you're both hoping your team wins and also don't really trust your coach. Um, and right. so it's, uh, it's a weird place yeah, to can be we, in. Yeah, can we lose this game without losing? I don't think USC's going <laughs> to want to do that. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, it I just mean, doesn't work that way. Um, it, it seems unlikely. You have 330 yards, and your quarterback is not even that good. I mean, you're not even rushing the ball terribly well. You're just, you're just hitting these home runs after home runs. That, that typically doesn't change. Uh, one other quick note. Um it was posted. I don't think this is, is can be accurate, but I've seen it posted several places. The average person consumes forty five hundred calories at Thanksgiving. Now that is more than double the normal intake of calorie. Forty five hundred. Is that possible? 
I mean, do you make a glutton of yourself, Jeff? You're a big man, obviously. You and your brother, I can imagine the damage you guys did uh, at the Thanksgiving table when you were young. But uh, what about now? How's that work? You know, it's not worth it anymore to do that. Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing about it is, it, it, you know, is it, um, it, it, it used to be worth it. I was younger and I was working out. I had practice the next day, but it's right. just not worth it now. So <laughs> I do not go hard like that. It, it does. It's not what I do. Um, I'll eat respectfully. And I, you know, I might have, you know, uh, we, we, I typically like doing Thanksgiving for like lunch so I can have for lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I managed to get more food in for Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> I can yeah, imagine I just, though, know. when you guys were like, Teenagers, right? I mean, oh yeah, oh wow. Was it competition or how did that work? I don't you? think it was a competition, but I mean, it was a yeah. lot of food was being eaten. And, yeah, you know. But and when I played too, we used to have Thanksgiving, and then obviously have practice the next day. So yeah. Oh, you, by the you know, way, speaking want. of speaking of, I, I wanted to ask you this, and we'll get back to uh, some of the other games. So San Diego State um, is ten and one right now, and they're going to be hosting Boise State. And I say hosting uh san diego state and san diego they're gonna have a brand new stadium next year aztec stadium is going to be open where the old stadium used to be that hosted super bowls home of the chargers way back in the day that stadium doesn't exist anymore they'll have a brand new stadium it's going to be really very nice so they have this game in carson same stadium where the chargers played before they moved into sofi stadium so they have a game against Boise State on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. If they win the game, they'll be back in the Mountain West Conference Championship game for the first time in five years. So there's a lot riding on this game. That game on the Friday after Thanksgiving will kick off 9 a.m. 9 a.m. kickoff. That's actual time for San Diego State. 9 a.m. kickoff the day after. After Thanksgiving, how would you, as a college player? Now, I, I don't know how you schedule Thanksgiving. Well, you do, you do Thanksgiving Friday. I've I've played one of these games before. We played Friday of Thanksgiving, right? uh, And you just so you you don't have to. There's no way you could do Thanksgiving knowing that you have a 9 a.m. kickoff the next day. Well, we did. I think we did Thanksgiving like. Thursday night for dinner, I want to say, but I didn't eat, eat, eat very much, and I just kind of mostly had it after the game. It was a Friday night game, though. It wasn't a morning game, so right. a big difference. Also. Well, what time? They got to be at the stadium, what, by 6? Well, what? so you go to the hotel about, you have to be there at 7, 7.30. Okay, the 7, 7, really? For a 9, well, a, 9 a.m. Oh, kickoff? Oh, 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 the morning of the game, yeah. The morning of the game, you're there probably at 7 a.m., yeah. Right. On the day after Thanksgiving. Well, you just you're not going to celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday. You'll treat it like a regular. Right. There's no way they're going to eat Thanksgiving because I'm just envisioning a football team oh, no devouring chance. all this Thanksgiving meal on Thursday and then somehow getting up at the crack of dawn and playing a football game. Correct. That's not happening. So they've no, all been informed. You are not having a full Thanksgiving feast. Hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I just I was wondering about that. Uh, yes, Sam. Yeah. Uh, Sam would say that wouldn't bother him. Yes, Sam. So, did I guess forty five hundred calories correctly? Well, it, or did it, you look it up? Or was well, I? Well, if you if you actually type it, in, you you see some people say well over three thousand, and then they'll use that number forty five hundred. Yeah, sounds about right. That's a lot of it, calories. It's also the food too. You're eating mashed potatoes. Well, that's also including gravy, appetizers yeah, and dessert, sauce, obviously. All yeah. that stuff. Where's the where's the calorie intake? The gravy doesn't help. I know that. Mashed potatoes, the butter, the stuffing. rolls. It's also, it's stuffing. also like it's all the, carbs. the sweet tea and like all the other drinks. The drinks it's all are, carbs. You know, yeah, it's all sugar. Yeah, sugar and carbs. <laughs> 
All right. But Sam, I I don't know. Sam's not going to be with his family. I feel bad for you, Sam. Are you going to be able to consume 4,500 calories on Thursday? <laughs> I'll All make right. it work. <laughs> Bo invited me over uh, if oh, I needed a backup plan. There you so go. I'm very, there you very go. grateful to Bo. I'm sure Bo will have uh, very generous portions for you out there. Does he know? I can eat. I can definitely. Well, I've eat. seen you eat. I've yeah, seen. It's I've scary. Seen. It's alarming. <laughs> what was that morning when you you devoured two breakfast yeah. burritos? No, it was two like <laughs> El Pollo Loco burritos yeah. in back to back, and I was not functioning after. <laughs> I was not malfunctioning. I, uh, those are pretty good size, yeah. and you went for the second one. It yeah. was just like yeah. wow, so overkill. All right, um, let's let's get back to the question of the day for me as we head into uh, a Sunday week eleven in the NFL, because this this has almost been changing week to week, Jeff on everyone's thoughts about who is the best team in the NFL. And by the way, our buddy Adam Kaplan will join us on the other side, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. This week, almost by default, it's one of two teams. Either you acknowledge the fact that the Tennessee Titans, even without Derrick Henry, keep winning. They have a six-game winning streak, and they got some quality wins on their resume. Or... It's the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers back. They didn't exactly overwhelm against Seattle. I don't know what was going on with Seattle as they got shut out in that game. Would you concede at this point going into Sunday week 11 that one of those two teams should be atop the power rankings? Or in your book, forget the records right now, there's another team out there that you feel right now is the best team in the NFL. Well, the Packers, I think, are that team, but the Packers are that team because their defense has improved so much this year, right? We talk a lot about, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the their offense, but their defense is 11th officially. They're playing some really good defense. Um, but I really think that you can make a case for for Arizona if Kyler Murray comes back and plays well this weekend. Uh, offensively, they've kind of taken a little bit of a nosedive with, without him if he comes back. And I know Hopkins is not playing. There's a case to be made that they're, you know, with their defense. Do we have a definitive offense, answer? on Murray's return yet? I mean, he's questionable, which yeah. typically means he's good to go. Okay. I mean, Hopkins is out. So I think there's a case to be made that, that Arizona could be the best team. But this is why the season's good and fun, because guess what? Each week, there's a new best team. It's a lot of fun. We don't know who the best team is each week. And that's, that's what's made this season. I, I cannot recall a season where we've had... Well, we definitely haven't had a year, right, where there's been a team this late in the year with with uh, with zero or one losses, right? right. Typically, there's one team like that. But like a year when there's no favorite right now, I think there's there's twelve teams that if they made Super Bowl. Be like, okay, that makes sense. And so there's this is a lot of fun for me this year because each week it's, it sucks for gambling because you don't know what's going to happen each week. But each week, look, the Steelers are about to win their seventh game probably this weekend. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! Oh wait, I'm sorry. They're they're, they're by the lines last weekend. They're 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 underdogs in San Diego. I'm sorry. Yeah, in Los Angeles. Uh, so well, I, I was going to say I was going to say you have the Steelers as a sure pick against the Chargers. I'm, I'm, I forgot. About that. I thought they were playing the wrong. That was the Lions last weekend. Yeah, okay. But the, the Steelers might get the seven. Well, wins let me ask you this, this about the like, Packers. So the Packers are on the road against the Vikings. We know one thing about the Vikings. They're a better team than their record indicates, and they proved it against the Chargers. They won that game outright. I mean, it was it was an impressive performance by the Vikings. Their city of four and five, their five losses are by a combined 18 points. And Mike Zimmer hasn't forgotten how to coach. I'm still a Zimmer fan. Um, it's To me, their record is very misleading. And they're home against the Packers, and the Packers are a one-point favorite on the road. I don't know about you, man. I didn't pick this game, but I could easily smell a Vikings victory in Minnesota. 
I took Vikings um, plus two, I believe, mm-hmm. plus two and a half yeah. in this game. Home divisional dog, playing good football, just kind of haven't quite had the wins to this. The Packers are, are flying high. This is very much what this year has been about, though, right? Like right. the team that we think's the best ends up losing in a week. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers kind of owned that division, but I, I took Vikings plus the two and a half, I believe. Yeah, I, I Vikings impressed me. I watched a lot of that game they had against the Chargers, uh, and they were the better team. So we'll see how this plays out. All right, we're going to get much more NFL news because on the other side, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, Adam Kaplan, will join us next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to throw is Frank. He steps up. Deep ball downfield. Here's Franklin. He's got it. Five-yard line. Touchdown, UTSA. And flag goes down for a face mask at the end. But UTSA scores. Zakari Franklin was dying a bullet of this at the 10-yard line and waltzes into the end zone for a touchdown. That is the Roadrunners Radio Network, UTSA. Texas San Antonio trying to remain undefeated. They have a 27-24 lead over Conference USA rival UAB. Still plenty of time, just under 11 minutes to go in that game. All right, 
It is that time once again to check in with a man. What? Uh, How's Kaplan not ready to roll? Isn't he ready usually? I mean, he's there, not there. (laughs) I'm here. I was so excited to jump on with him right now. We're going to get to Adam Kaplan here shortly, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Uh, Just taking a look at some of the other games going on right now, Michigan and Maryland. It's 45-18 Michigan leading Maryland right now. Alabama still leading Arkansas by a score of 34-21. Wisconsin's taking a 28-21 lead over Nebraska. Pitt has taken a 34-31 lead over Virginia. Uh, Cincinnati, wow, this was a game that you thought was going to be a pretty good game today, but the Bearcats making their statement 41-0. They lead an 8-2 SMU team with 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Now let's talk to the man who's going to tell us all about the NFL. He's our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider Series XM NFL's Adam Kaplan. Adam, Jeff and I were just talking about who the best team is in the NFL. And I know this, right now the defending Super Bowl champions are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to be hosting the Giants on Monday night. Uh, Tom Brady has not lost three straight games since 2002, but guess what? He hasn't won a game in a month because they had the bye in between two losses where do you stand right now on the Buccaneers' chances of repeating as Super Bowl champions, Adam? Well, I did pick them to play the Bills in the Super Bowl before the season started, so I'm still bullish on them. The problem that they've had, and this really started in Week 1, they started losing uh, defensive backs. They lost Sean Murphy Bunning, one of the starting quarters, uh, in Week 1 in, in, in the uh, Monday night win over the Cowboys, and then he's going to probably be activated. Uh, they could actually wait till Monday. Uh, by league rules, you, if you play on Monday night, you could actually activate players off injury reserve on Monday. That's for what I understand they're leaning towards doing that. We won't have Antonio Brown, but it's really been a problem that they just have not had help at corner. That, that's why they signed Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman now has had two calf injuries. He got put on injury reserve. So that's, Steve, to answer your question, that's been a problem. There's no question. They're, they're, their blitz packages have not gotten home. They blitz a lot. I'm not gotten the turnover numbers they were getting the second half of last season. But there's time here. Um, I, I'm not. I wouldn't worry about the Bucks now. The Giants, though, I'll tell you what. I know the record's not very good. They started playing pretty well for the bye. They gave the Chiefs a, a pretty good game. Their defense, which has been really disappointing after having a surprise last year under Patrick Graham, their defense has not been as good. But they're starting to feel good about it. And I can tell you, they're going to get some players on offense back. Hopefully, including Saquon Barkley. Barkley's close, by the way, coming back from that ankle injury. It's the same thing with the Giants all the time. They're, they're, they're always close. They're always yeah. close to winning and never actually. Well, you would know. No. <laughs> you know I, was there, I was there. We, we were good in 2015 when I was no, there. I know. Right? Yeah. I know. Yeah. But since we you were, left, brother, it's, yeah. it's been. I, well, you know, man, they've our, been our, since... our offense was good in 2015. We were 6 and 10. We, our defense was like historically uh, one of the worst. Um, yeah, they're struggling, you know, man. It, it, uh, turn your attention qu- quickly to the AFC. Um, yeah. how, is, how is Big Ben able to get off the COVID list so quickly when it seems like other players have had uh, to take a little bit of a, of a longer layoff? Uh, well, the way, first of all, he's vaccinated and he self-reported. Yes. And he got the two uh, negative tests 24 hours apart. Now, other players are not vaccinated. They got to wait 10 days. Plus, they have to have two negative tests. That, that's the, the, see, this is when, Jeff, when, they, when the NFL and NFLPA got together, the one thing they could agree on, it was going to be punitive. If you don't get vaccinated... They're making it hard for you to play again. And Mari Cooper, unfortunately, now with the, with the Thanksgiving game, is just not going to be available. And we've seen this. Uh, there's still most of the league, most of the players are vaccinated. Every personnel guy has to be vaccinated. It's the rules uh, each team has. But 
you know, the Big Ben one's interesting. So I think this happened once last year where the player flew flew privately, like he flew on his own uh, the day before the game. He'll miss their he missed their walkthrough today, but. What they'll have to do is kind of what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers. You're going to have to have a, a pretty good warm-up period. And you saw Rodgers last week. He was not sharp. And Ben, now, now ben, uh, Rodgers missed two weeks of practice just about, and where Ben's missing three plus a walkthrough. But I'm interested to see how well he does traveling three time zones and playing uh, tomorrow night at the Chargers, and, and which is, quite frankly, a huge game for both teams. There's no question about it. Yeah, well, speaking of that game, the Chargers are still dead last in the NFL in rushing defense, so I'm sure that Najee Harris is going to be able to get some yards on the ground if Pittsburgh can get any kind of semblance of a passing game. But when you look at the Chargers having lost three of the last four games here, Adam, and each of those losses, uh, Justin Herbert completed less than 60% of his passes. Um, Are they seeing something defensively? To counteract this kid, I mean, it's it's the sophomore season. You're always going to make adjustments, but are you seeing some tendencies in him, some inconsistencies that he's going to have to correct moving forward? Yeah. So my understanding with him is this: uh, it's connected to Mike Williams. If you the first four or five games, he and Mike Williams are incredible. Look like Mike's Mike yep. Williams had finally realized that potential. Fact: I remember talking to the Chargers about Mike Williams. They they decided really that they were going to hold off contract negotiations to see how this year went and. It looked like he was headed for a first breakout season, really his first good season, consistent season. Then he suffered a knee injury, and he's been off the injury report for three weeks. He's not been the same player. He's faded. Um, I'm also told that they've kept their tight ends in uh, to block more. That's why you're not seeing their tight ends catch very many passes, other than against Philly where they have like, a career day. Uh, they haven't really done much. And their offensive line, you know, they've had some problems, uh, particularly the right side. So that where Storm Norton's playing, number 74. Uh, who's a former undrafted free agent. So that, that's that been part of it, to answer your question. I know their offensive line protection has not been great. That That's also. And then your your defense, though Bosa's off the uh, off the COVID list. Linville Joseph probably will not play, who's actually one of the better run-stopping D-tackles in the league, big tall guy. Uh, he's, he's probably not going to play with a shoulder injury. And as you mentioned, worst run defense, they're giving up about 4.9 yards per carry mm. to opposing running backs. That That's not going to get it done. They Look, they got off to that great start, 4-1. But their defense has fallen off, and, and, and the other thing is, uh, I don't say it's an excuse, but this is what happens. We're seeing this all around the league with these new coaches. You're implementing a new defense, a different mindset, and it's just not happening. Um, it just, for whatever reason, Brandon Staley was a smart guy. He cannot get the defense to play it like he wants it. I know it bothers people. The Kansas City Chiefs might be back. Everyone's dancing <laughs> yeah. on the grave. This is oh, Andy Reid forgot how to coach, and Pat Mahomes is never going to be good again. It's back all over, and coach, here they are, right? six and four, top of the AFC West, home favorites against the Cowboys. Um, I think the story, though, for them is their defense. Their defense has improved yep. a lot over the last month. Uh, obviously, no Amari Cooper for the Cowboys, but can the Chiefs' defense slow them down enough to win this game? Yeah, here's what they did. Now, this is this is a you know you, you see defensive adjustments. So during this four game streak that they've turned their season around, C. Spagnolo is known for man to man defense. He's gone to a heavy sort of yeah. zone cover two. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing this because these the guys are having trouble executing. It's it's the simplest way to do it. It's just ask them not to do a ton. They were struggling man coverage. Their safety play was bad. They weren't getting the pressure. Now the other thing is uh, the Chiefs were saying that. Their D-line had injuries, particularly at defensive end, where those, those guys are healthy now. Frank Clark, uh, Chris Jones had this lingering wrist injury. Uh, he's fine now. 
their, their offensive line, you know, their offensive line, who, which is 10 deep, it hasn't been quite as good as they had hoped. It's getting better. And Mahomes is not forcing as many passes, but he, uh, he's a little bit more under control. It's all working right now. It's good to see because I, I do a radio spot every Thursday. Every week, it's what's with Spags, what's with the defense, what's wrong with Pat Mahomes. Just give it time. You're not going to be perfect every week, but you're right, Jeff. They're, they're, back, they're back in the saddle right now. They're clearly the favorite right now. All right, one game I'm very curious about is the Bengals at the Raiders. Uh, yeah, although they've taken dynamically game. different paths, the records are almost identical. In fact, they Five actually fours. are identical. Yeah. They were sitting at 5-2. and two. The Bengals then lost at the Jets while the Raiders lost at the Giants. And then they both come home and get blown out. Raiders get blown out by the Chiefs. And, of course, the Browns blew out the Bengals. Is this one of those games where the winner is, like, still a legitimate playoff contender and essentially the loser wait till next year? How much substance you actually see in either one of these teams going into this matchup? You know, it's funny. I do power rankings every week, and I remember when they were five and two, and I moved the Bengals up uh, somewhere around eight, nine or ten. I'm like, we're going to learn very quickly how they handle success against the Jets, and they didn't handle it very well. No. And then they got blown out at home. So no, you can't trust them. Uh, I thought they got full of themselves. And then the Raiders, you know, they had the great. Obviously, they reacted well to the. We actually talked about this, you guys, uh, about yep. four weeks ago when. Uh, I remember talking to someone with the Raiders, so they had to get out. They just had to get away from the Gruden situation. Then you had the rug situation, which they say had no impact. I mean, there's no way to know that, that the game that they played against the Giants to know what, what exactly happened. They just were flat, traveling the th- three time zones. But um, the, uh, to answer your question, they're not when you, could they make the playoffs? Yes, but they're not going anywhere. They're, not, they're just not good enough. And Offensively, the Bengals are terrific. Defensively, they've got flaws. Raiders, they've been better with Gus Bradley. They've got better talent on defense. Uh, I just don't think they're good enough. Going to be good enough on the back end. They've got. To, they also have injuries back there, and um, you know, offensive line wise, it's been a patchwork. They've been getting away with it. Now you take rugs away, and Deshaun Jackson. I mean, you're you're reaching here for him. He, he's a, he's a 12 snap a game guy. You'll take one or two shots with him downfield, but no, they're they're not going. They're not. I think they'll get a wild card, but that's about it. The Browns have been disappointing this season, to, yeah, to say the know. least. Uh, Baker Mayfield is super beat up. Why, why play him this weekend? You, you have the Lions team who – I know the Lions fight really hard. And I love their fight and their effort, but yeah. they're not good. And Jared Goff's not playing this weekend. Why even bother playing Baker Mayfield? This is, the, this is what coaches will tell me. If the guy's cleared medically to play, they play him. Now, well, you course. and I, if we're running it – we're, I'm, I'm like, let's shut him down. Let's get him some time. We've got the bye coming up. Let's just get him as healed up as we can. He has now three separate injuries, foot and two in the left shoulder. I, I don't disagree with your assessment, and I'm asked this all the time about whether it's a running back who's got a knee injury, why don't you just give him another week? you got the bye. It's like with Arizona and Kyler Murray. Why don't you give him another week? Well, if he, he, they're going to leave it up to him. If he feels like he can push that ankle, he's going to play. Um, they made a mistake of, of playing on a short week. Uh, the great DeAndre Hopkins coming back from a hamstring injury. They ran him on a nine route down the left sideline. Oops. Yeah. He hasn't played since. So I, your point's well taken, but sometimes coaches say, hey, if they're, if they're clear, they're playing, and that's what they're doing. I wouldn't do it. I'd, pl- I'd, I'd play the, the number two quarterback, Keenum. Well, one thing we have determined, as we get deeper into this NFL season, the less we know about this NFL season. <laughs> I, especially I the mean, AFC, guys. I mean, especially it is just wide yeah. open. Adam, great stuff as always, man. We'll Thank talk you. to you next week. You guys got it. Thanks. All right, Adam Kaplan joining us at Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider. Let's find out what's trending right now as we turn it right back to David Gascon. By the way, Alabama. Whoa, Ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. What's happening here? 
I don't know. Some stuff. You want to hear some stuff? Well, let's hear some college football stuff. Let's hear some stuff. Bauer gets the snap. They're running a fake. Bauer jump pass complete. Blake Kern inside the 10 to the 5. Touchdown, Arkansas. How about that? How about Reed Bauer? 32 yards on the jump pass. Kern with the score. It's 34 to 27. Yeah, that was on a fake field goal. It's perfect, too, because the tight end Blake Kern used the official as a screen <laughs> to get into the end zone. So uh, Alabama was driving again. They fumbled the football at Arkansas's two-yard line, or one-yard line, excuse me. So the Razorbacks have the rock. They're down by six. 34-28 wow. is the score. Bryce Young in the game, 515 yards. Four, four touchdown passes. No picks. No picks. The unfortunate thing for him is C.J. Stroud did all that in one half. Yeah. Uh, at least it felt like it anyway. Against Michigan State earlier today as they clubbed him 56-7. to Michigan 59-18 over Maryland. So, of course, they're going to win this ball game today. And they have a date Newman now with Ohio State amongst the top-ranked teams in the nation. They'll get that thing underway next week. Ball action will be showcased on Fox as well. Wisconsin-Nebraska 28-28 to is the score in that one and Steve you are so curious in the University of Texas San Antonio yes they're losing now oh boy to UAB Dwayne McBride a touchdown run from 16 yards out UAB leading 30 to 27 uh, University of Texas San Antonio is ranked 22nd in the nation because they are 10 and 0 on the year Minnesota by 21 at Indiana SMU is getting smoked by Cincinnati Bearcats going to improve to 11 and 0 on the year they are 842 away from doing that 48 to nothing is the score. 14th ranked BYU leading at Georgia Southern, 27 to 17. Uh, and of course, Steve is uh, looking at USC and UCLA. Mm-hmm. Bruins by 18 over the Trojans. Yeah, USC has a uh, fourth and goal right now. You know, my observation, David, thank you so much as always. USC, when they brought in the whole spread offense, right? Um, that's not USC football. The the thing that is most shocking to me about watching USC, especially this year, is that they're just getting physically dominated. Like, when does that happen at a school like USC? I mean, I some of some schools outthink themselves. I mean, you bring in Graham Harrell to bring in the old Texas Tech offense, and I heard somebody say this, and I agree with you. You use that kind of offense when you don't have the talent. You know what I mean? You, you got to get gimmicky Steve. if you're Texas Tech or Washington State or school like that. You don't do that when you're USC. Steve. Yeah. I have to be careful sometimes because I work for the for the Pac-12. Yeah. I actually work for Sirius, but I cover right. the, the Pac-12. And I'm sure people listen to my show that are from USC. Um, and I I've, I've always was very careful – to talk about this offense. And I've been uh, lately, even before Clay was fired, more forceful. It is a soft offense. Soft. Soft offense. Soft and offense. The, and the thing about it, though, is they are, they're neither air raid or they're like not like a, a, a hybrid spread offense. They're kind of stuck in the middle. But here's the thing about the air raid, okay? So Oklahoma runs 
quote-unquote air raid. They don't run much air raid, right? The air raid is what Mike Leach does, right? It's throw the ball 75 80% of the time. It's spread the field out vertically. You don't run the ball very much. And most of the time, that offense has worked best when you're at SMU, right? When you're Kentucky back in the – when you don't have – you're Washington State. You don't have the athletes. So you right. try to just use every blade of the grass. It's a offense to offset I'm, the I'm lack sure. of physical I, talent. I, I, I wouldn't call it gimmick offense, but it's very specific to personal. Well, it's the same thing we talk about with the military schools with their running game, right? It's because they just can't man up physically with other schools. Yeah, and so so my thing about USC is you have got to hire a coach who's first and foremost going to bring back some physicality. It's absolutely. And I'm obviously, you know, I'm I'm curious who that's going to be. We'll see as we continue down the road here. But um, but I think what's more important now is Alabama is being pushed at home by Arkansas. Um, we've talked a lot today about Ohio State, about Georgia, obviously, and you know the, the SEC today had had their week off where they played uh, half the teams played Georgia Southern today. Um, so it, this is a, this is impressive. I think Alabama is not going to beat Georgia. That kind of ends their playoff discussion. But I do think Ohio State would beat Alabama. Um, I think that'd be a great game to watch. I, I don't. I mean, look, Oregon. I don't know. They might lose tonight. I don't think so. But I mean, Alabama's not invincible. Their defense has not been that good offensively. Great. But it's third and five right now for Arkansas. Ball's at the seven-yard line, um, and they're down six. And if they can get a first down here and keep moving the chains and get down the field to put a touchdown on the board, it makes things obviously very, very interesting. They, well, they, they had an open receiver, oh, but they missed pass. him there. Uh, by the way, before that pass, though, Jefferson was 17 of 23, 276, two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, Alabama's given up 308 yards passing to Arkansas, plus 100 on the ground. All year long, Alabama has shown that, especially in their secondary, they've been giving up yards. Um, I, I, again, I, I just, having seen enough of Georgia this season, unless Georgia just absolutely self destructs, I don't see how Alabama can hang with them. I I just think Georgia is way better than Alabama this year. Um, Agreed. And, of course, if Alabama goes down big to Georgia with two losses, that will eliminate them. And I say hopefully not that I'm anti-Alabama. It's just that they they won't deserve a spot in the college football playoff, having lost to A&M, and if they do have a big loss to Georgia in that SEC championship game. Hey, I want to get to something very quickly with you. So this week I was going through, checking out through my show during the week, and I saw a uh, an article write-up on ProFootballTalk.com uh, from Mike Florio. And I've known Mike uh, a few years back. I hadn't talked to him in a while, but he brought something up, and I called him and he immediately responded and said, absolutely, love to talk to you, Steve. So I have Florio on the show. And he brought up this point, this big litigation going on right now between the city of St. Louis and Stan Kroenke and the NFL – and it's getting legs to the point where the NFL owners collectively could be having to pay off billions, billions with a B, to the city of St. Louis for what they may have felt was really not a kosher move for the Rams to leave St. Louis to come to Los Angeles. There is a counter to that, of course. Because, you know, billionaires, no matter how much money they have, they don't want to pay out money. They only want to bring money in. They could finally concede and say, fine, St. Louis will give you a new team. Add a 33rd team. Well, you're not just going to add 33. You would have 34. Might be an excuse to finally get London in the mix. But Florio brought up the fact that, no, no, no. You don't stop at 34. 34, 36, 38, 40. 
You got eight divisions with four teams each, nice and nice and tidy right now. Well, guess what? How about five teams in each division? Think about this. A future with 40 NFL teams, 18-game schedule over a 20-week schedule. The, the mind, it's just mind-boggling the money. One thing I did ask him, and I'll ask you. Is there enough talent to go around for forty teams in the NFL? <laughs> no, I mean, that was probably... that was that was my point. I'm like, would there be enough talent to go around for enough talent now? Forty teams in the NFL. Your thoughts? No, of course not. There's not enough talent for that, but there's enough money. Um, and so I'm I'm curious. I, I did. For, where, where are we putting these four? All teams right. Well, at? here's how he has it. So St. Louis would one. Lenny gets two. Because remember, they got two NFL-ready stadiums. So London gets two. This is according to Florio. And then you're looking for five other cities that can just build a stadium. Well, and that's Portland, why I called them because, I, cause, you know, San Diego's got a new stadium up. It's going to be about a 35,000-seat stadium, but it's an open-air stadium. It's expandable. And he says that's the thing. They're not necessarily looking for 70,000-seat stadiums. As long as you're not thinking about hosting a Super Bowl, 50,000-seat stadiums are just fine. So you yes. could have San Antonio. You could have a San Diego. I mean, what I don't know. Port- Portland would want Portland might be one. I mean, you just got to build a stadium and they'll find you. Um, but that's that was something he laid out, and I know he's talking to somebody. Like, he didn't just sort of, like, you know, mention this off the top Ooh, of his head. 40 so, teams. That, that's a lot more wagers to lose. But can you imagine 40 teams? It would be wild, right? We, are, are, we, how do we get through the weekend? <laughs> I mean, seriously, how would you get through the weekend? Plus, you would have an 18-game schedule spread over 20 weeks. There would be two buys, right? Yes. Uh, the, the, my, the money's mind-boggling. Imagine just from a gambling standpoint. By that time, every all fifty states will have full blown so. uh, gambling establishments I, going. I, I, how, I, how much I, money I, will we be talking about with uh, twenty games a week? I, I live in North Carolina, buddy. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to have gambling anytime soon. It's been a while, <laughs> not in this state. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's open anyway. He threw that out, and I just was like, "You're blowing my mind." I'm it's like, "Possible? Gonna, anything is possible with the NFL. We know that." All right, on the other side, Jeff's going to give us his best picks remaining today, including that Oregon Utah game, and what are his best NFL Sunday bets? We're going to find out coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears, <laughs> crying. Tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pickett, fourth and one, he wants to throw it. Throws it long down the field, and that pass will be caught for a touchdown by Jordan Addison. He's got the trifecta. Panthers roll the dice big time on fourth and one, and forge ahead. Panthers Radio Network, Pitt leading Virginia 41 to 31. We got 9.43 to go to the eight. By the way, we got a lot of scoring going on around college football today. We've been talking about defenses. Not a lot of defense today. How about Alabama? Um, I don't know if you saw the replay on that latest touchdown reception. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a very questionable call. I didn't think I, he had possession. I thought he also might have landed out of bounds. Yeah, that uh, that uh, was reviewed. And that, by the way, Bryce Young is thirty-one of forty for five hundred and sixty-one yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Um, after today, it looks like a two-man chase for the Heisman Trophy between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Am I right on that? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Obviously, they both have they have their you know their time against Michigan next weekend for mm-hmm. CJ Stroud. And yeah. obviously, look, Auburn's not going to be easy, but without Bo Nix, it won't be as bad for Bam. And then Bam obviously has Georgia to play. Yeah, so we've got uh, two guys now very much in front of the pack as far as the Heisman's concerned. I was going to talk about uh, UCLA. I was concerned because SC had a big touchdown pass, and then uh, UCLA ran a kickoff back for a touchdown. So UCLA leading USC. I- 42 to 26. Can we, can you, I, need, I need help with math here because I'm yeah. not quite certain what USC is doing. I don't know if they know what they're doing. It just doesn't seem to – I just don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I'm not going to even go into it. No one cares. But like, <laughs> All right. I'm well, they so got a whole new coaching doing. staff coming in. That's that's a story for another day. First, I want to thank Iowa Sam today. He was happy as Hawkeyes uh, held Woo! off uh, Illinois. Nine and two, baby. Uh, how however, his uh, Cyclones yeah, did not. Uh, as they went down to defeat yet Six again. Six and five. Mm-hmm. Such expectations. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, David Gascon, uh, tremendous job as always today. All over it. That's what he does. And how about Bo jumping in today? Uh, we did not expect to see Bo. Uh, Danny G, uh, another one of his planned vacations. Although a lot of theories about Danny G's absence today had to do with the uh, Raider embarrassment against the Chiefs. 
It's just it's just odd how he didn't show up. He talked to all a bunch of mess. Didn't show up the week after the Chiefs beat the Raiders. Yeah. So uh, no, uh, Danny G. But Bo, we always appreciate you stopping by here. All right, let's get to some of your picks here, Jeff. Uh, let's start. Uh, well, we got to start with your game uh, that's going to be kicking off here in less than an hour. That would be the uh, Oregon Ducks on the road yeah. against the Utes of Utah, where Utah is favored by a field goal at home. I like uh, Oregon plus three here. They play big in big games, um, and I expect them to play a big tonight. Their run defense and what they can do, um, and I, I just think they win this game outright by seven to ten points. And by the way, uh, what's your record? Uh, Pac-12 picks this year. How you 29, doing? 27 and nine. Twenty-seven and nine. On the, my public picks. My radio picks are thirty-nine and nineteen. Wow. I have UCLA minus three. They're up two scores in Jackson Dr. Stewart interception. Yep. And then I have I have Cal tonight as well over Stanford. That game starts in about ten minutes. So get your wager in for that one. Uh, that line makes no sense to me. Cal's much better than Stanford. Um All right. So yeah. NFL Sunday. What do you got? Yeah, so I, I got the Chiefs minus two and a half. And mind you, NFL picks haven't been great this year, guys. Just so yeah. twenty one and twenty one and uh twenty nine so far. Right. Um, what was four one last week though? So uh, all right, so maybe uh, you've shaken it because I was so, not. I was zero for last yeah, week. I, I like Kansas City uh, minus two and a half. Um, I gotta see my where's my list at? Here's okay. So we took so I do my podcast on Wednesday. So this is kind of these ever change because like, New Orleans right. plus one, but New Orleans is now out having Camara probably this week again. I'm not quite sure. I like it quite the same. But last week we were on New Orleans and they covered in Tennessee anyway. So it's plus two and a half now. I would still take them at plus. By two the way, and that half was on one of my Philly. picks. That was a that was a gift cover for you. Yeah. It, hey man, I'll, I don't care. I've had yeah. I, I don't care. I have Minnesota plus two and a half. That line is now at one. Minnesota. Yeah. It's getting a point. I took Chicago plus six hosting Baltimore. Baltimore's just so injured, guys. They're so beat up. I know Chicago's not perfect right now. Khalil Mack is on injured reserve. That game's now well, five. Fields so is playing better. Better. And the Ravens defense, guys, is not good this year. Like, they're just right. not They're not as good this year. So, um, I have Seattle plus two and a half at home against Arizona. This is Seattle season, guys. If they don't win this game at home this weekend, they just got utterly embarrassed. That line's now down to a point. I love Seattle. I love Seattle game. in this game. They're well, not going mean, You're not going to see Russell Wilson have dog games he, back So, you know he's back. never lost three games in a row as right. a starter. Yeah. Um, so, those are the games I have. Mm-hmm. Other games I looked at, like, the Lions are getting 13. Points. What do you think of the Bills this week? Can they cover that spread at home against the Colts? If I was to take a wager on that game, I would take Buffalo minus seven. I did. That's one of my picks this week. I don't know. I like the Bills this week. I, the Colts. Eh, I, I feel like the Bills have got to finally give me some back-to-back weeks. You know, obviously they played well last week. That's what I'm looking for in the NFL. Can you give me a team that could give me back-to-back good weeks? Well, I guess the New England did. So that, that, that's one example. So maybe maybe we're going to get at that point of the season, Jeff, where suddenly the teams that are really going to contend for a Super Bowl run this year actually start stringing together back-to-back good games. Because we oh, haven't seen nice that all see. season it'll make, long. It'll make things easier, yeah. Yeah, because we haven't seen that all season long. All right, so uh, before we uh, go off, I do want more details on your Thanksgiving. So you're going to go with the fried turkey. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Fried turkey. Um, so it's you, the kids, the missus, and your parents. That's it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's it. Simple, yeah. Yeah. I'll do um, – I got I got radio in the morning, and then um, I'll put the turkey in probably about 
noon. We have a, a, a late lunch, early second snack, or whatever you want to do, and then right. um, we'll have a um, we'll have dinner. We'll have turkey for dinner as well, and then I love the turkey sandwich the next day. Yeah, of course you have a triple header in the NFL: Bears, yeah. Lions, Raiders, Cowboys, Bills, Saints. Any of those games? Well, I mean the Raiders, Cowboys, but I, I don't. We're gonna find out about the Raiders this week, right? I mean, if if they if they beat the Bengals, then okay, maybe, right? I don't know. Their heads yeah. have got to be up thousand miles away. And and by the way, Chargers and Steelers. I didn't get your thoughts on that one. You, I mean, the Chargers are that the, line is coming this, down. And once yeah, started at six, it's down to five yeah, right I, I, now. I would have taken the point. I would have taken the points with uh, with Pittsburgh at six. I, I would too six. as well. All right. Yeah. Well, you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Same Jeff. to you. Same to me. And uh, just keep it right here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed Three Six Five. Twenty-one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.